What up, what up, what up? You probably saw him on Last Chance U, seasons three and four, I believe, on Netflix, where he led independence to a championship. They asked me to do a podcast, the Coach JB Show, uh, with the fabulous Sarah Blake. I ain't no math major, but I'm a hustler. I'm going to give it to you raw and uncut. That's Coach JB. Sarah Cheek, mother of four and an OnlyFans content creator. I want to give an unfiltered, be real, true evaluation of different things and, and really share my opinion as well. Fucking slap dicks. Fucking slap Down the brass tass, question the ass, was deep as trash, titties. All in, all gas, no breaks. I love sports. That's just a part of who I am. She's got sports blood in her, so she's on the cover of SHM Magazine. And the coach I'll never stop trying to reach the top because I still remember how the bottom feels. This is an anomaly, this guy right here. Yeah. This is a unicorn. Ain't nobody going to say shit about JB. Trying to eliminate this soft society we have. I'll drink my yak and smoke my stick, and I'll get it back right. Hello, everybody. It is Talk That Talk Tuesday at the Coach JB Show. I'm Sarah Blake, and let me introduce my favorite person, your favorite person ever, Coach JB. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Oh, man, I'm the best ever. That's good shit. Or your favorite ever. That's good. That's good. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, I don't know. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Well, mic check, mic check. We got to get, <laughs> get after it. This uh, this episode of Coach JB Show, it's a loaded one. We have Coach Frank Martin, legendary coach, head, of, head coach at UMass right now, K-State, South Carolina. He's been everywhere. He's going to be on today. We're going to talk all real talk banter. So make sure you come in. Um, we have some announcements to make. We're going to be changing the format of the show. Um, we are going to go to live members only. So listen to what I'm saying. We're going to have members only live normal every morning, every afternoon, right? The wake up show will be members only and the afternoon will be members only. And then we will air the show later in the evening every day for all the other non-members so if you want to become a member you better become a member and get in here you have about a week and a half we're going to probably do another week and a half like this and then we're going to go to members only live and then after members only live we will air it for all you fucking slap dicks out there who want to <laughs> shit and uh hey i'm new to this youtube shit i don't know i see everybody talking about about time well shit hey Fucking tell me, tell me sooner then. I don't know. I don't know shit about it. We have, we've actually got a guy now who, who's actually part of the show. He comes on and speaks to us all the time. Very, very good at what he does. So he's going to help us out with the YouTube side and the social media side. And it's time to blow this thing up. If we're going to do it, both feet in, not one foot in, one foot out. So we're going to go get rid of these trolls. And, uh, Kevin Wozni, you better make sure you're a real member, motherfucker, because if you're a troll, you're going to be fucking dissected out of there. But we're going to get this thing going. Uh, look at that Detroit Lenny already in the house. Appreciate you. But we're going to go all members only live, and then we're going to air the regular show for later on because we need the comments and the engagement, man. We don't get a lot of comments because we're just live, and, and all the trolls take all the fucking 
uh, chat up. So uh, we're going to do that. We're still going to be doing all the giveaway stuff, everything like that. So another week and a half of this, and then we're going to go straight. Um, we're going to go straight to the other scenario. All right. So Coach Matt is in here. He's a troll. He's only everything he said so far is fucking negative. So <laughs> eat a dick. Um, Coach Matt can eat a fucking dick up because he sounds like a bitch made cat. So you need to go get a bitch made cat shirt. At coachjbstore.com. So go get a bitch made shirt at the store and stop being a bitch made cat because that's all you sound like. You sound like a dick riding fucking bitch, is what you sound like, homie. I'm just going to keep it real with you. So I'm trying not to cuss in front of lovely Sarah, but you sound like a bitch. So <laughs> my mouth is probably worse than yours at times. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So <laughs> this show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Head on over to betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE. B L E A V five zero, and that will get you fifty percent off. Welcome bonus. So appreciate all the members we got going in. We are up to like three hundred and twenty members. Appreciate you guys. We're gonna be doing a lot, a lot of things, man. On this thing, we're gonna be growing this channel and doing a lot of things. If you haven't looked, go check out the YouTube channel. Hit your notification bell, notification. Make sure you get the notifications. Also, you'll see our new banner up top. We got a new graphic. We're gonna really pop this thing off. You also see it right here live. So you see it on top. Plus, it's on the main YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe, become a member, and all that. And uh, it's $1.99 a month, man. We're not changing the price either. So I'm going to be loyal to that as long as you guys are in the thing. Members only. We're talking real talk. You're part of the channel. You've been here since day one. So I would never do anything otherwise. So, um, Appreciate all you guys, man, coming on in here. Uh, go on over to Canada Dips. I just got a whole new canister of shit. So head on over to CanadaDipsCBD.com and use the promo code COACHJB, all caps, and uh, and we'll get after it. Uh, quote of the day to get you guys started. We already have three new members in the chat. I appreciate you guys. Quote of the day. Um, here it is. You're the only one standing in your way. Period. Real fucking to this point. Real short and sweet. And uh, you are the only one standing in your way. And that is just real talk. Um, if you don't know that, then you need to look in the mirror. Um, the ticker is showing you the show today. We got legendary basketball coach Frank Martin. He's joining us. He's right down there in SEC land where Sarah resides. He was at South Carolina. I believe he took him to the Final Four even after mm -hmm. he left Kansas State. He then went into the booth. And then now he's uh, the UMass head coach, which is also a legendary program. He's looking to turn that place around. He'll join us in, in about an hour and a half. He'll be joining us. And we're going to talk to him about all things uh, cultural, character, and the current state of college athletics. So he'll be joining us. He's as real as it gets. He's going to come out here next week. And, uh, hey, it's, it's a good deal, man. It's a great day to have a great day. And uh, we're going to chop it up with a bunch of different things. Luis Jackson, appreciate you. All that, I appreciate it, man. We're going to do this thing the right way. So all you guys becoming members, great uh, for the show. We've been we've been having like 250 people live in the morning and in the afternoon. So the show's growing. So we appreciate all you guys' support. Like I said, and for that, we will give away some. We will be giving away some stuff once we all get settled in. We are going to be doing a lot of trivia, a lot of giveaways, a bunch of different stuff. So. Um, very exciting times for the Coach JB show, and uh, and uh, me and Sarah is going to try to blow this thing up and get some great guests on. We got possibly, like I said, we got Dan Orlovsky possibly this week, Clint Stoner, 
Uh, Sean King will be on on Friday. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, why he disagrees with my Kyler Murray take. And we're going to be doing all that stuff. So we got some great guests on this week. And uh, today's going to start it off with Frank Martin. He'll be in here about an hour, hour and 15, 20 minutes. So he'll be on. Um, so, Sarah, part of this show we're starting off with is uh, basically we're starting off this show with a little foreplay. Oh, how fun. And so, you know, we got to start <laughs> off with some foreplay, um, even though we got bitch made cats in the room. They need to go <laughs> get that shirt. Um, so we're in the foreplay segment of this show. Clap it up. Foreplay. Foreplay is always a good thing, Sarah. Um, but when you get to be my age, Sarah, I don't even, I don't like, fuck it. I'm ready to go. Because it's, it's, it's shit. It's three P's umped and I'm out. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just kidding. Um, foreplay is okay when you're younger. Like, I think when you get older, man, eh, foreplay. You know what foreplay is for me, Sarah? Me cooking dinner. I'm going to fucking make dinner and then I'm going to get, and then that's your, that's the foreplay. Now, just now you get it ready. You get it. You put some water on it or something. Um <laughs> We are going what? to get into it. Um, make sure you head on over to CoachJBStore.com and go get you some merch. The merch is out. It's fire. Um, we got a bunch of different things. You can get a variety of shit. Short, fat, skinny, and tall. And you know the deal. Um, so, Sarah, did Tom Brady start the fight? And, and, and let me let me get – before this portion of four plays, Sarah – I want to I want to address something to everybody and I want to get your take on something that is going around. And I got a video today from a buddy of mine. And it is very, very disturbing. All right. Mm -hmm. It was in Dallas. It was in Dallas. And let me show the audience um, the video. Stay take a look at this, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. 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 You alright, bro? Wait. Uh, I'm shipping, I'm shipping. Uh, I'm my father, my father, my father. Here, so, so, Sarah, I showed a video the other day. Remember the player for the A&M driving through the parking yes. lot? Yes. This is what is happening right now. Everywhere. Everywhere, by the way. So you saw that video. Um, there was a video the other day where some cats on the freeway, too, doing some dumb shit. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't uh, put it on the show. But I'm very, very curious as to... I don't know. I want to see. I want your take. I want your take on the whole dynamic of it because I have a whole thing about it. And I think this is the sole reason why we are so fucked up. I equate this type of shit, though. I'm, I know you disagree. I equate this type of shit to the transfer fucking portal. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to break it down. Why? But I want to hear your take on this. And 
We've had idiots since I was a little kid. I'm not saying this just started. We, we've had our speeding incidents. We used to be dumb and young. When we were young, we used to speed in our daddy's cars or whatever. This ain't like a fucking a new, 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 he ain't not reinventing the wheel here, right? The issue is we like to film everything. Obviously, we didn't film it back in the day. We didn't have cell phones. But we're filming it and have no regard for shit. Not only our own lives, but the other, the other lives out there. We have no regard. And I think right. that's really how these kids think every day. I, I deal with them. I see how they are every single day, Sarah. They have no regard for nothing. They don't even fucking. They're telling their parents what to eat, where they want to go. There's no discussion. Like, they're telling the parents. So, I, I mean, know. if that's me and my kids on the highway and we get rammed by some dumbass, there has got to be consequences. I, I That is not okay because you're putting other people at risk. You're putting me and my kids at risk. This is not okay. This is not okay behavior. I don't know if... I agree with Lucy where she says, you know, natural selection, weeding out the idiots. Yes, I agree with that. But at the same time, here we are putting other people at risk and not having any consequence, not having any rules, any regulations, nothing. It's just a free for all at this point. And you can't punish people because if you punish them, then it could be because of this reason or they can fight back because it's you're only punishing me because of that or it's it's too much. We have gone way too far as a society and we need to bring in the reins, pull back and lay down some structure. Well, that's I'm glad you said it. I mean, I, but that's my point. Like and I know we I think disagreements create great conversation. We are going to listen. I I'm I can't wait. I can't wait to hear Frank Martin. But oh. Everything you just said, Sarah, sounds exactly like the transfer portal, does it not? Well, I agree with the transfer portal having regulations and rules. I agree with that 100%. I don't, the, my whole take on it is that there are the majority of kids in the transfer portal, yes, they are XYZ, but there are some cases where they're not. But let me ask you this I agree with that. That's for everything in life. Right. And every country's different as far as their discipline to act like whatever. So if you cut your fucking, if you kill a cat, some cases death, death sentence, some places like here, there's not, you go to jail for life. Everyone has different consequences. The, th the point I'm giving is we are allowing too much leash out here. And this is what you get. Like if that's me and just my dogs, for instance, and this motherfucker runs into me, like mm -hmm. I'm fucking him up. I don't care how bad damage he is i'm fucking him up too more like that's the problem like we got these fucking issues out here you know how many comments are in the thing about oh my god i hope they're okay fuck them like fuck what them. about the other car you know what i mean what that's was anybody point. else injured yeah that's my point that's why i'm asking about like this is where we are in society though like the motherfuckers are defending the portal kids not the team they left from. Like, they don't give a fuck about the team they just fucked over and left all those cats that they that they committed to, and now you left them. Nobody talks about it, Sarah. Have you ever heard anybody talking about the team that the kid left from in the portal? Have you ever, on ESPN or any other 
Paul Feinbaum, have you ever heard them talk about the school these kids Sometime, Depending on the like the only sometimes again, I'm talking with a small percent majority. Sometimes you hear about these stories that come out and what has happened in order for them to go to the transfer portal. But rarely do you ever hear about the big majority. That's what I'm saying. But at my point it is it starts at the top. I mean, this honest this problem starts at the top. No you have look at look at the NFL, for example. There's no commitment there because it's money. It's an, a business. It's a profession. And uh, Tom Brady leaves his team and goes to another team and builds, you know, this, that, and the other. Uh, granted, he took his, a couple of teammates with him. But it starts at the top. There is no morals being taught in our society. Look at our – I mean, I have young kids in school, and it's detrimental now. Like, I homeschool my kids, but there's a plethora of reasons why I homeschool my kids. And, and every day I'm like, damn, this really sucks. I would love to put my kids back in school. But the things that they come home and tell me that they're learning in class or the things that are being said by kids in their class, my freaking five-year-old was telling me stuff that I couldn't even imagine at five, year, five years old knowing. And these teachers, they're, it, the system is fucked. It's flawed from the very top. Teachers, principals, I mean – our government, it trickles down into every aspect of our lives, and it's terrible. This is awful. Yeah, I this uh, I agree. Like the issue I have is like that's why I agree that coaches should be able to leave, kids should not, just for the fact of the, you know, you toughen your skin already. You've earned your pay and salary for your family. These kids. But what about these kids that are trying to do better for themselves, though? That's fine, but they still haven't. How do you know they know? And I, I think know there is a small percentage that knows, but I honestly look at it this way, okay? So if you have a kid that comes from, say, the worst of the worst situation, he's able to get a small bag. I'm not saying that this is a big, huge amount like Nico remember, remember or Arch Manning. Yeah, remember that right. average is $300. But if this is a bag that is, say it's a hundred grand, that might be the most that he will ever make in his life. So I don't uh, disagree with him trying to get that bag. But the problem is we can't make decisions for other people. If they make bad decisions and bad choices, that's their own fault. And I think that's where the world, this is what's happening now. Everybody's trying to control everybody. Everybody mask up. Everybody do this. Everybody do that. We know better for you. Well, why are we so consumed with we know better for you when the world didn't used to be that way? Well, no, that I disagree. I think the world used to be that way. Uh, let me let me put and I know everybody we're we're, we're beating a dead horse talking about this topic <laughs> every day, but it's it's great conversation because I'm just I'm trying to say back in the day. So let me ask you this: I am from the school where you you know what you know and you don't know what you don't know. And everything that you know, you were you were taught it. And everything you don't know, you have not yet learned it. So how can we say these kids know what's right from wrong? Just because they have a fucking soft feeling in their heart that they don't want to compete, it's okay to leave? I don't understand how you... Because I'm going to ask you, I'm going to put it in perspective. And I, I don't want to put your family in the mix. But your kid gets... Let's say he's 15 years old and he wants to go to high school a and you and your husband have said no high school b is a better situation for you 
but he's yet has not stepped foot on a high school campus. He's telling you, no, I'm going to high school A. What do you do? Do you allow that he's go- No, that's not a decision he makes. That's a decision that we all make as a family and we explain to him why and he's got to learn. Well, that's the same thing that I'm telling you about these kids leaving. Correct. And and I think that we agree on that situation. Where I'm coming from is a small percentage, whereas you have Hendon Hooker, Jalen Hurd. There are some kids in the portal who didn't fuck up, who were given a bad experience at their old schools. It doesn't I mean, make them a bitch made cat to say, fuck this. I'm because if you think about it, okay, I'm I, comparing it to a business is wrong, but you are making a decision to pursue your profession. Okay. You're a college athlete. Your profession is to play. The end goal is to play in the NFL. You're choosing to make, you're, you're making a career choice, right? So if I am playing for Dan Mullen as Kyle Trask, and he is playing Dick Wieners all the time, then whose fault is that? Am I supposed to stay there and earn my place, but my coach isn't playing me because he doesn't recognize the talent that I have? No, I get it. That lessens my chance at opportunity for to take care of my family because a I might not be able to do something academically that other people can, and b your I I need to go play for somebody who's who recognizes my talent, but also that I fit into their offense, I fit into their program, and I'm going to get stats that will propel my career. Yeah, I get it. But how do you how do you draw the line? Where do you draw the line? You put in regulations. You put in regulations and you put in restrictions. Right. But but you're you're saying one thing over here and the others. Right. Is you're saying that how do you know who's good and who's being fucked? That's Um, my point. It's really easy. Hooker was at another place and you think he got done wrong. So he's okay to transfer. How do we know? That they're not just smoke blowing smoke up your ass. Because there's a situation that happened. Because where I'm from, all kids lie. All these motherfuckers are liars. I don't trust none of them. And I've seen it for 25 years as a coach, 20 years. So Then how do you say all coaches aren't liars? There's a lot. I've said it. Exactly. Yeah. You can't trust anybody. But that's my point, though. The coaches, at least to my, this is why I defend the coach from for being able to leave and not the kid. They have at least, even though they're fucking bullshit liars and lying to these cats, right? They have put in the time, though, and right. have earned the right to earn that salary. They're 35. I don't agree with that. 35. I mean, that's just what it is. Like, we're, we're, we're not, uh, like, I don't understand where this changed in the world because this is what happened. We changed it. Like, we actually changed the thinking, and the narrative has spun in favor of the kid who not knows nothing. He's yet to pay a light bill and we're giving him the fucking keys. That has changed. And I know how you are at home with your kids. And I know what, I know, you know, the right from the wrong. And then I think you see these other kids who are older at the college level. And I think you have a sympathy for them. When Mm, it's not sympathy, there are a lot that I don't have sympathy for. Well, I mean, you, you want them to be able to leave and better themselves. Right. So, yeah, well, I mean, I'm just coming from a position of being an entrepreneur and being a businesswoman myself. If I'm at a salon and I see how things are rolling and I'm not making the most money, 
that's exactly why I opened a salon. Here I am. I'm working for this person who doesn't recognize what she has. And she's taking a percentage of my income, which is what I need to support my family with and my kids. But why? Like, of course, I'm going to leave and open up my own salon and do it better. That's a business decision. And it would be stupid if I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to stay here for another two years and earn my keep so I can just keep making this percentage. And then maybe I'll she'll raise my commission. No, I'm going to go get the bag. I'm going to make money for my family and secure that for my family. I'm not going to put in my time and my energy, my talents into building somebody else's business. I'm going to build my own. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think we're we're actually toughening anyone's skin anymore. I think we're allowing so much to happen. That's just my take. I think I just don't think we are teaching anything by allowing so much transfer. Um, right. That's I, why there needs to be stipulations. Oh, I know. And that's how you weed out the 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 bad seeds is you you put restrictions on them. Yeah, but sorry, still, you can't transfer six million times. Yeah, you're still gonna be the soft. You're still gonna have the soft kid that just don't want to compete just telling you and that's the kid we need to allow we need to keep there that's the problem we're 77 percent of the portal are kids because they lost starting spots think about yeah. that it's not because somebody told them they got cte they got a, oh, they, yeah, were no, forced, they were forced to play with a concussion you know what i mean so i don't know let's move on did tom brady start the fight sarah because you see it clear as day. He's a hundred, he's 145 years old. He's not going to fight nobody. He's not going to fight nobody, Sarah. And he's nobody in their right mind is going to hit the golden boy either on the, on the field. So for Mike Evans to go why out there. Why not? Yeah. I, I, why, why would he do that though? Um, and, and put, see to me, this is the definition of why we can't allow these kids to transfer in college. Because Mike Evans, who I think is one of the best receivers in football, I've said he's the best. I'm starting mm -hmm. to think Diggs is now. Uh, and he's a, a, an amazing human also, by the way. He does a lot for yeah. charity in Tampa. Yeah, yeah, my boy recruited him and coached him at A&M, uh, Coach Beatty. So my thing is these kids are more and more becoming more about them, selfish. Look at the kid, the guys that just backed in or just hit your back of your truck there on the freeway. They don't give a fuck about anything else but themselves. They're in the now, living in the moment. They don't give a fuck what's happening tomorrow. They don't have any thought process about the repercussions or consequences. That, I agree with you, is at a home front level, being taught or not taught, being allowed. Uh, he just fucked his team, Sarah. I just want to throw that out there. Like, if I'm the head coach, I'm fucking livid at him. You fucked him. You already are down Godwin. You don't have Gronk. And now you fucking lost your best wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers-led Packer team coming into Tampa this weekend. And now you're a 45-year-old sitting there with your dick in your hand hoping you can have some receivers to fucking throw to. So I don't know if you, I don't know if you heard this, but they just signed Cole fucking Beasley today. Okay. I did see that. So that's how hurt they are at wideout. That's how bad they are at wideout. And Julio Jones is, I, I think Julio's down. I mean, Mike Evans fucked them. And that is the part of what you do not like in coaching. But I don't think that's true. Do you think, well, I mean, he did screw them. I, I'm not saying that. 
what I don't agree with in this whole situation is Tom Brady was running his mouth, right? There are people in this world who run their freaking mouth like a chihuahua. They bark, 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 well, bark, bark. Chihuahua, I, I showed it today. He wasn't running his mouth. What's his name? Went by Tom and talked to Tom. Said some right. Shit. And, and then, then he Tom said something back. back. Yeah. Right. That's what I want to see from my quarterback, by the way. I want to right. see that. I want right. to see that. Now, there are other people. I, I know that this this whole drama situation between Mike Evans and him were uh, not Tom Brady, but um, with Mike Evans was lingering. This is an ongoing issue. It's not something fresh. It's like a beef that they've had for a while, right? From my understanding. Evans and him, though. Yes. So, I mean, I this is where I get punished. I'm not going to like, I mean, I'm not going to sit there and argue and talk with you and, and just be drained. Like if you're going to fight me, then let's fight. Like that's what I think the problem with the world is there's too many people that run their mouth and nothing happens to them. Now, was it a cheap shot? Yeah, because he wasn't looking. But at the same time, if you're going to run your freaking mouth, this is what happens. And I don't think it's a bad thing that that happened because some people need that example. That's what happened with the world. Now everybody gets in trouble for fighting and all this stuff. But yet we probably wouldn't have a lot of these bullies if they got hit in the mouth every once in a while. And with this issue, I think that I think Tom Brady should have stood up a little bit more for him. Now he can't control Mike Evans, but it happens in hockey. I mean, this is men fighting. And it's really punishable. Uh, football used to be this used to be a normal fifteen yard flag. That's all this was. I, right. I don't agree with the penalty. I don't agree with the suspension. Okay, this isn't basketball where you come off the court and you have no fucking equipment on. Right. This is a football gladiator sport, just like hockey. Um, they teach you how to fight in hockey. Yes. I, this morning on my show, and. I don't understand why you're suspended. It's kind of a bullshit rule. Um, real quick, going back to Cheeky in the chat. Okay, he said, "Do we we want to compare this uh, transfer thing?" And I'm gonna get, I'm gonna be done with it for the rest of the year. Um, he's talking about comparing it to a business taking more money and leaving. That's the problem. That's where we disagree. These kids are not able to make that decision. The live golfers who left the PGA, who are grown people who have already had the right and earned the right to make a living. That is your argument. I agree with that. I don't agree with kids being able to make decisions based on what they do or do not know. Cause these kids don't know what they don't know. And we're allowing them to make decisions about what they think their future holds. That is why you see the transfer portal overflowed. That's the problem. So I'm just saying, um, that's just what it, what I think. Um, so when do they, what, at what age, at what point do they know what decisions to make for themselves? When they, when they pay a light bill and earn their keep and they put a kid through college and they fucking understand, okay, you know what? If I would have left Alabama, I would be fucked right now, but I stuck it out. I didn't start as a freshman, but I trusted Nick Saban. And I got it done. And I played three years and got drafted. I was a third rounder and I played for 10 years. What's what's missing, Sarah, is, is this is the coaching aspect, which we'll never agree on. So I, it's fine. We I like disagreements. The, the problem is these kids are leaving before anything ever happens like that. And they never get a chance to understand what that meant. So they leave 
and now they go to another place and let's just say they do play let's say they do play and but they don't they don't go to the league they're not productive they're they're in a shitty ass organization because they thought they were they were lied to by a coach who we already discussed coaches lie so the 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 liar got the the kid from the actual truth teller but the kid just didn't like hearing the truth because he's been lied to his whole fucking life by his soft mom at the house who's accepted and allowed everything. And now you believe the lying fuck at the school B and you left school A that was right for you. You just weren't good enough yet. You weren't mature enough yet. You weren't academically ready yet, whatever it may be. And that is where we are. But to compare it to grown folks who leave to take a lateral job or a higher paying job, I don't agree with. Sorry, I just don't. And that's fine to disagree with that. I And I understand. And I love you guys defending these kids and allowing them to go chase a bag. I like that aspect of it. But I don't believe. I believe that too many of it, and I know we agree on this, too much of it has created this this flood without putting a stipulation in. Right. And but I also you- think that college football now, what I do like seeing is that we're seeing some of these teams that are, are utilizing the transfer portal like KU. And we're seeing them actually be competitive. This is fun for me to see college football. You know, yes, you should never see who some whatever team compete with your cream of the crop teams, but it's fun to see that. I don't want to see Alabama win every fucking year. I don't want to see it. I want to see somebody just like March Madness. You have Winthrop or you have Bucknell or some random ass team, some Cinderella team come in there and knock somebody out. And that is amazing to me because there are athletes at every level. We're going to ask Frank Martin that later on how he thinks, uh, you know, I think it's watered down. See, I'm totally on the opposite side of that. I don't believe it's good for college football. I think it's actually shitty watching this so-called equitable deal. Um, Chicky said, what about if a senior quarterback or wide out for Hypo was fired and someone comes in and runs triple option? See, that is why uh, the, the things you say, bro, just it's, it's, it's hard to answer those things because that is a thing that comes with experience on playing and coaching. So I don't know your playing and coaching career, but what I'm telling you is you don't come in and run triple option with a roster that's in place that cannot run triple option. So you're asking questions that don't go coincide. Matt actually, he actually coached for high school. Right. And and then he also was, um, he had a full ride scholarship to Murray State or Austin P. And he chose to go into the Navy. No, I know he played. I know he played. What I'm saying is when you coach, when you coach though, and from a player, it's a total different ball game. We just went from being the kid that fucked around and, you know, tried to finagle and get things done to the guy trying to stop that shit from happening. See what I'm saying? But even though we both play. And we both agree that there should be regulations and stipulations for the kids who are the bad seeds. But I don't think that it should be an umbrella because not, you know, the the small percentage of that one, one tiny percent, there are kids who actually get duped and you don't want them to be in that situation. I agree with all that. What I'm saying is though, you can't go, you can't expect a coach to hire a coach to come run triple option with a roster with a six five white guy at quarterback. It ain't gonna happen. Now, if that was to happen, then Hypo's a fucking idiot and he should be fired. That's not that's not what's happening in college football right now. Kids aren't leaving because of the coordinator change, they're leaving because they got yelled at, cussed at, or lied to. Correct? You we agree they get lied to right. and then they want to better themselves, but it's not about 
a coordinator anymore. That was back in the day. Troy Aikman fucking didn't want to run option at Oklahoma. He goes to UCLA. Right. Get it, right? Russell right. Wilson. Russell Wilson was a tra grad transfer. He wanted a new OC. He had fucking Norm Chow was his OC for a minute. Norm Chow left. Russell Wilson was like, I'm a grad transfer. I'm leaving to go to a more pro-style offense to get me ready for the NFL, Wisconsin. So those are far and few between what's happening right now, though. So I don't know. That's just what I'm thinking. Like, there's a lot of uh, – But of I do not – like, that's where I kind of disagree, though, because I – I wouldn't be making the decisions I am today. I wouldn't be the person I am today if I hadn't made a lot of mistakes in the very beginning because I learned tough, hard lessons in life where I'm like, damn, if I would have stuck with my, you know, if I was stuck with college and got my degree, things would be a lot different for me right now in this time of my life. But it makes me have a different edge and I work harder for it than if it was easy or if it was something that was a decision made for me. Um, I'm more appreciative of the opportunities I have. So I, I do feel like sometimes these kids do need to fall on their ass if they're going to make mistakes. Because when I was making decisions at that point, if I didn't fall on my ass, I wouldn't be where I am today. So some of them need to fall on their ass and learn a tough lesson. So if they're going to change in the transfer portal 600 times and not be picked up, that's their own damn fault. If you're going to cry, baby, whatever, then you just screwed up your own life, you know? Yeah, it, it is. But but it goes back to me, like you coach it or you allow it and we're not coaching it. And that's why these kids are making so many mistakes. Like when do we cross, draw the line and say, dog, you got to listen to a motherfucker who's been through it like this kids think they've been through everything. They think they know everything. Just look to listen to a kid in the store and talk to his parents. Like I, I see it every day. I'm mine. I'm blown away. Like you really think you fucking know this shit? You never even bought a fucking Snickers bar yet. And your cell phone's paid for it by your parents. Like that's the first thing I would do, Sarah. I'd take away the fucking cell phone if the first <laughs> The first thing they fucked up, I'm taking your phone away. Because that's where they live at. They breathe, live, and everything through their phone. Um, Monday Night Football games, we're still in the oh. fucking... Uh, um, you go from that to this? Yeah. <laughs> it's like two tragedies. I know. I, 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 I know. We're beating a dead horse, but it is what it is. Um, <laughs> we're still in the fucking uh, foreplay part of this show. Did Monday Night Football, two games. Uh, poll question... Should the NFL have two games on that run simultaneous? I am totally against it, Sarah. I thought it was horrible football. It was actually happened to be two bad games. A, you start them an hour apart. On the West Coast, it's 4.30. Who the fuck's going to be home from work watching that game? And, um, you know, it is what it is. Um and then the second game is absolute blowout as well. So you turn it from game one, which is a blowout, to game two, it's a blowout. You can't watch both at the same time. If you have a team that's your favorite team, you know, Monday Night Football is for the fan, you know, for mostly the fan. If you get lucky and your team's playing on Monday night, good. But mostly it's about getting everyone to watch a game, right? You're not really the fan of that team. It used to be. Yeah, it used to be. It's it's bad fucking juju. I did not like it. I, I hate it when it comes on. And then those yeah. two games happen to be horrible. So I'm I'm taking a blowout game from the Titans. I turn on the Eagles and it's fucking a blowout, a blowout game. Too. I'm turning on fucking trailer park boys. <laughs> 
So I don't know. Um, I don't know. Did you watch either game or any of them? I did watch a little bit of the Titans game or the Titans murder. Seven <laughs> seven, and they're giving they're giving fucking Henry toss plays into the boundary. Oh my god! And I'm just like, dude, this is too big of a back to give toss plays to. We need to get the motherfucker shoulder square downhill right now. Get him into the line of scrimmage so linebackers will turn that shit down. Every the NFL's too fast to run toss unless you're on the goal line. Unless you're on the goal line and, you know, you give it to a guy to the wide side of the field. But, you know, let him run inside and bounce it outside. Don't just toss him the ball outside right now. Uh, bad coaching, in my opinion, on that one. But it is what it is. Our ESPN this morning, Sarah, comes out. This Dominic Foxworthy fuck comes <laughs> out and says Tom Brady is overrated. Okay. And I, I showed some I showed some clips this morning of Tom Brady making throws that Kyler Murray can't make, Lamar Jackson can't make, Baker Mayfield can't make, Carson Wentz can't make. I could go on and on and on on the players who cannot make these throws. And Tom Brady's making them at 45 years old, has seven Super Bowls already, has one Super Bowl with two teams. And this motherfucker has the audacity to say he's overrated. Now, I think this Foxworthy cat is one of the worst commentators on planet Earth. I think he says shit just for clickbait. Um, what's your take on Tom Brady? It, like, he's 45 years old and he's still making... It's my same argument with Tom Brady is the greatest. He's played the longest. He has done so much in his career. I think that he's the GOAT. Um, do I think he's a little whiny and crybaby-ish? Like, that's his personality? Yeah. And it's not attractive to me. <laughs> I would rather have somebody who's in there and is a scrapper, but that's me personally. But Tom Brady is amazing. I don't think that you can knock him in any aspect as a quarterback and as somebody who has been the greatest in the game. It's kind of like Michael Jordan. I believe that Tom Brady is on that pedestal now. Let me ask you this. Dak Prescott don't play. I look at little induendos and I see little things and I, I peep everything. He doesn't play. Cooper Rush plays. They win the football game. The offensive coordinator is over ecstatic and he's hugging Cooper Rush. He loves it. I said this morning on the show. That shows me two things, Sarah, as a coach. It shows me that this kid wants to be coached. I love coaching him. It's fun to be around. The team is resonating towards him. We like him. And I like to see what's going on here with this kid. Compared to Dak, where you don't really see engagement with him when he's playing. Tells right. me too, Dak either doesn't like taking coaching. He thinks he knows it all. He thinks he's too good. Or he's lazy in practice because he's Dak Prescott and he already got the bag. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is a real thing. I saw it yesterday on Sunday when Cooper Russ and the Cowboys won the game. And I love our Eddie Manyweather in the show. And he <laughs> thinks that Dak's the best thing since sliced bread. I think he's mm -hmm. a bottom 10 quarterback in the NFL. Uh, Cooper Russ just proved to you with a halfway decent roster that they can beat a team that went to the fucking Super Bowl last year with average quarterback play. What does that tell you about Dak Prescott and how overrated is Dak Prescott? 
Extremely. He is extremely overrated. Some of these guys, I, I'm sorry. Like, I, I know maybe it's a disrespectful of me, but they're old. They suck. We need to get them out of there. I know that NFL is hard, so you got to train these rookies right, and they've got to be coached. But at the same time, they are hungry, and they want it. Some of these old-ass quarterbacks who suck are in this position because there's nothing, you know, they're rookies. They need to learn, and they need to develop. But – I would lose complete and total interest if I was a rookie and I came in there and they're just sitting me and sitting me and Dax playing over me. I'd be like this. I would lose trust in my coach. I would lose trust in the organization. I mean, come on. Peter Groff in the house, man. Is this the main Peter Groff, man? Is this the, <laughs> is this the man, the myth, and the legend, Peter Groff? Peter Groff, if you don't follow him on Twitter, you should. Um, appreciate you coming in, brother. Um I get it. ESPN, I agree with that totally. They say things just for clickbait. They say things that are just out of this mind. I'm so curious. Popular I, opinions. Yeah, I'm going to have Marcellus <laughs> Wiley on the show soon. And he, we're gonna, I'm going to ask him because he's worked at ESPN. He's worked with Fox. He's worked with guys like Jason Whitlock, whose show I'm on uh, on Mondays now. By the way, a news report. I will be on Jason Whitlock's show every Monday at uh, – on his live uh, that he airs on Monday evenings or whatever it is. So I'm going to be on there every Monday discussing the Monday night football game and the weekend's games with him. Um, is Buffalo that good or are the Titans that bad? Holy uh, crap. I, I put a poll out on Twitter. Everybody's leaning towards Buffalo being that good. This is the problem. After two football games, um, I don't anoint anybody as the GOAT, and I don't bash anybody as being shitty. So I don't agree with making these judgments so fast. It's and I'm not, both, I'm not, though. Yeah, so I'm going to be like, pump our brakes on the whole Super Bowl champion fucking Buffalo Bills already who have yet to beat Mahomes and get past the AFC title game. And let's pump our brakes on the Colts being that shitty. And let's pump our brakes on Denver being shitty. By the way, I picked Denver playing the Colts in the AFC title game. I look horrible right now, but I'm not <laughs> going to renege. This ain't spades. I'm not reneging. I'm going to stick with my picks. And um, I don't know. That's just where I'm at. But is Buffalo that good or the Titans just had a bad night and, and, and didn't show up? Oh, God, that was a, a horrible night, if that's the take on that. I think that we have a lot of freaking work to do. I trust Mike Rabel. He's a solid coach. He's an amazing coach. But I, I think we've got to get some shit together. So let me ask you. Here's what I look and see that with the Titans. I see a team that's lost A.J. Brown, who's balling with the Eagles. I see a team that lost Julio Jones, who's balling with Tampa. He's hurt again, of course. Yeah. And that's why I'm not tripping that Titans lost him. Right. But I do see an issue up front with the O-line. Taylor uh, Lewan, night. he's out. He might as well go back with buzzing with the boys and getting the <laughs> He might as well go back and get on the bus. Um, he hasn't played a complete season, I think, in four or five years. So you have him, and then you have what's happening. The rest of the thing that I see is you don't have any outside threats, so you can load the box on, on, on Derrick Henry, which you saw yesterday. And then the play selection is really iffy because, and we can all sit back here and be chalkboard heroes and talk about everything we don't know, which I always talk about. 
So I'm, I'm kind of putting my foot in my mouth here, but at least I know the genre of what I'm discussing. Tossing the football into the boundary with Derrick Henry over and over and over. And I watched four of them. They all lost yeah, yards. They all lost yards. So I'm just like, let's get in, let's get him downhill so we can set up play pass. Because yeah. Sarah, in the NFL, we can't run play action off of fake toss and then throw the ball. Like this ain't Pop Warner. So we need to get <laughs> the ball downhill so we can set up play action, which Tannehill does better than most quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He's not the guy to sit back in the pocket and fucking and just go through the progression and making big time throws like Herbert and Allen and Mahomes and Brady he, and Rodgers. He ain't that guy. He's the guy we got to come off play action. We got to boot naked. We got to throw some balls. We got to get these guys the ball fast. We got one explosive receiver in the kid from Arkansas, Burke or whatever, Burks. Uh, we don't have those outside threats. We can load the box and we can get after Derrick Henry, which is their offense. I know. So, But they're not utilizing him the way he needs to be utilized either. It's not working. Something's wrong. Yeah. I, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking you're they're loading the box so much. You got to run some other things. We got to run some quick games, some screens. We got to get the ball out of Tannehill's hands fast to get mm-hmm. the defense moving so we can start handing the football to Derrick Henry downhill. And if that continues to be their offensive approach, I just feel they're going to have a problem. They're going to have a very, very long season. Um, so, you know, you can't stretch the football field horizontally. You can't vertically <laughs> stretch it. You're going to have problems. You're going to you're going to get the, the box loaded. Uh, is the Eagles are the Eagles that good or are the Vikings that bad? And again, week two, I'm going to be honest. The, the secondary play in the NFL so far has been unbelievably bad. It has been unbelievably bad. Um, the Ravens secondary looked atrocious versus Tua. The secondary for the Vikings last night looked absolutely like JV Pop Warner High School. Not only were they giving away dig route throws and comebacks and fucking curl balls, now they're giving up long balls over the top. It's like, what are you taking away? When you approach a game, Sarah, you have to have, we're going to stop Derrick Henry, right? Or or whatever it may be. We're going to stop something and we're going to give, and we're not going to give them this. And if they do get this, then... So be it. We're going to give that up, though. The Vikings came in and said, fuck it. Peg me, motherfucker. You can take it all. Short, fat, skinny, and tall, right? So I just think uh, whew, secondary play, though, has been atrocious across the board. I saw it from the Vikings. I saw it from Tennessee. I saw it from the Ravens. I saw it from the Browns. I saw it from the Jets. I saw it from uh, – the Raiders, the Raiders. Oh my God. Um, so I, it's just been bad all the way around. I don't know why that is, but um, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not so down on Cousins and I'm not so high on Jalen Hurts. I've said Jaylen it right. Hurts is another guy, yeah. is, I'll take Cousins over Dak all day long. I'll take Cousins over Dak Prescott all day long. And is Kirk Cousins overpaid? Yes. Is Dak Prescott overpaid? Fucking yes. So the bottom line is Jalen Hurts, I've come out and said, he is not sustainable, and I still don't think he is. I'm sticking to my guns. 
he had his best game last night to me. Um, and, and the bottom line is he's in the NFL. So it, even we, regardless of what we say about the Vikings being porous on defense, he still balled in the NFL level, had a great game last night. But again, he's moving around with his feet and defenses are moving with him and he's throwing the ball over the top. Okay. So, uh, yeah, 160 people in here. We got eight likes. Come on, fellas. I appreciate you. <laughs> Hit the button, pound it. Hit the subscribe. We do have some members in here. I appreciate you guys. Smash the like button on three. On me. Went on me. Went on three. One, two, three. Hit the like button. Slap dicks. Um, so, I don't know, Sarah. I'm so torn with what the NFL is right now. We're going to find out very shortly. Um, we're going to find out very shortly. So, um, you know, uh, we'll see. You know what I mean? And I don't have no problem eating crow if I'm wrong, Sarah. I will come out and Same. say. Same. Absolutely. I, if if Jalen Hurts balls out and the Eagles are fucking win, so What be about it. Tua? So be it. And, 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 Tua. Tua. So I told Jason Pullock, <laughs> I said, I'm not going to put my foot in my mouth and comment about somebody that I hadn't watched. So I didn't get to watch the Tua Ravens game. Now I did go back today and watch Tua play Ravens. And from what I watched, I was impressed. I said, you know what? Tua impressed me. The head coach, the weirdo fuck that I think, <laughs> I think he, he impressed me with what he's doing with Tua. Right. But I did show some deep balls that Tua threw that are completely late. They're very late. And when they play better secondaries later on, those balls are picked or batted. And Tyreek Hill, the most dynamic playmaker in football, he is going to get by the secondary. And the mm -hmm. ball's got to be thrown open, not thrown when he is yes. open. And Tua does not throw people open very well. And that is what the big-time defensive – I mean, quarterbacks do. So, um, you know, it is what it is. And to, Eddie, to, to answer Eddie's question, I don't hate the Cowboys at all. I don't hate the Cowboys at all. I, I I don't hate any team. Why the fuck would I hate the Cowboys? See, I'm not a novice fan like you, Eddie. I'm not a fair weather fan. I grew up a Rams fan. And if the Rams are shitty, I say they're shitty. The Lakers, I'm a Laker fan. The Lakers are shitty. Eddie is still defending the Lakers as if they're the best team in the NBA. That's the fucking difference in a real motherfucker and a fair weather fan. So we need to come to an, a, a truth. If I gave Eddie truth serum right now, if I gave Eddie truth serum, Eddie would say Dak Prescott is shitty. <laughs> <laughs> so Did that's just what I'm telling you right now. Um, did you see this comment up here about Spencer Rattler? No. Why no? What are you talking about? Pat McAfee getting no. I don't get what that means. Uh, what does Spencer Rattler say? I don't know. I'm trying to see what the comment was, but it was about Spencer Rattler and the opinion. Oh, what do you see from Spencer Rattler? Seeing the rush instead of feeling it. Bailing too soon. Wait, where is it at? It's up here. But hit plus I mean, sign and put it on the okay. Screen. Let me see. Um, there. What do you see from Spencer Rattler seeing the rush instead of filling it? Belling too soon. Oh, I haven't watched him yet, Nick. Uh, 
I appreciate you, Nick, uh, for the $10. You can minus it out, Sarah, if you know where it is. Um, you got to go back to it and hit my, oh, there you go. Um, I, I haven't watched him enough. I saw him a little bit against Georgia. Here's some stats on Spencer Rattler, coach. Okay, go ahead. Okay. He has a 59% completion rate. He's five interceptions, nine sacks, and has only thrown two touchdowns. And he's ran for 721 yards. How much? 721 yards. Spencer Rattler's run for 700 yards? It says 721 yards, 59% completion, five interceptions, nine sacks, and two passing touchdowns. No, he's thrown for 700 oh, yards. Oh, that's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, damn. Yes. That's bad. That's bad. But, like, he was bad in Oklahoma. You see Caleb Williams at USC under the same offense right now, same coach. Lincoln Riley at USC, balling out, right? You saw that him come back against Texas last year when they pulled Rattler and put in Caleb Williams against Texas last year. Also came out and proved that Spencer's not the guy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got some fun facts, too, like the quarterback release really, times. I can't, I can't. I don't know the situation, so – Obviously, we're seeing this coach in South Carolina look like an absolute fucking moron. We see all the things he's doing from wiping mayonnaise on his ass to whatever else he's doing on TikTok. I, I get it. So I don't know what's happening on offense for Spencer Rattler to really to tell me that he's getting coached up or anything. I don't know. But what I do know is um, he don't have that it factor. He's like Carson Wentz running around from different team to different team and people think he's going to be good. Like. He fucked the Colts last year. I thought Matt Ryan's an upgrade. I still do think Matt Ryan's an upgrade. We're going to see. I'm not ready to renege on Matt Ryan. I'm not ready to renege on Russell Wilson and the Broncos. I think the Broncos will be fine still. Um, but Rattler just don't have it. It's like it's like Kyler Murray. It's like Baker Mayfield. It's like these guys that don't have it. And that is completely unequivocally Spencer Rattler. That's my take on Spencer Rattler, and it is what it is. Like, that's what it is. So, um, you know, who knows? We'll see what happens. Um, but I don't know. That's just my take. I just, I'm just waiting, Sarah, for the fucking Colts defense, who everyone said is the best defense in the NFL, to show up. That's all I want to know. <laughs> like, I just want to know that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Spencer Rattler could play dead in a Western. I don't think there's a there's a lot of those guys out there though. There's a lot of those guys out there that cannot play dead in a fucking Western movie, and uh, and they're as stiff as a porn dick. I'm be honest with you. That's just what they are. They're fucking a bunch of stiffs. Um, we're gonna uh, move on to the first and ten segment of this show, and uh, we're moving right along. First down. Um, we're in the first down segment of this show. First and ten, Sarah. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask some questions to you. It's first and ten. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the first two weeks of the NFL, especially the poor play of the Titans? Because you are homegrown. I know you got to see it. You texted me last night, like how fucking shitty they were. I was actually in a coma, knocked out. <laughs> so I saw the text and I'm like, fuck, it must be blowout. I didn't know. Um um, you know, the poor play of the Titans, how good the Bills look through the first two games because they beat down the Super Bowl champion Rams game one. They run through Tennessee. Um, 
The Titans have shown exactly why you can't give away games in the NFL. Um, you know, the first week they choked. If they were one and one after this beatdown, the concern wouldn't be nearly as high. Because, Sarah, the AFC South is horrible. It is fucking horrible. So can the Titans bounce back and make the playoffs? And if so, what do they have to do moving forward? You watch we the- have to. I mean, we have to utilize Derrick Henry. We have nobody deep. Like, there's so much we have to change. Our offense has to figure it out. But I don't know. I don't think that – just like you said, I don't think right now we can decide who is a true playoff contender. I don't think that we've seen people – it's either they're bad or they're good. I don't think people have played to the worst, and I don't think people have played to the best. I think right now in the first two weeks of the NFL preview that we have, I don't know what to freaking think. It's a lot different than everybody's expectations, but it's hard to also listen to your media checks. All these media guys who are high up on this guy or or this team, and they're saying they're the next best thing. And then you watch them play and you're like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? I don't Uh, think anybody has a true gauge. I agree. Um, We're still in the first and 10 segment of this show. I, my answer to Titans, I don't know if they have the outside Outs, yeah. deep threat, so I don't know if you can do much there. I would just change up some things internally as far as how we're getting that big motherfucker the ball. That's what I'm <laughs> – that's, that's my thing. That's my thing on the deal. Um, so that's kind of my whole thing, like, okay, let's get the football to this man downhill so we could set up play-action pass because it's not working th- tossing the football to him at all. And so we got to get away from that. Um, We're going to get to some college things too, obviously, and get into Sarah's wheelhouse a little more. The conference breakdowns through two weeks, Sarah. Okay. I want to break these down. AFC North. Okay. Let's get into the AFC North. I want to break down conference by conference. Um, I want to break. I haven't even looked at this yet. (laughs) What do you say? I said, I haven't even looked at this yet. No, don't worry about it. It's, 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 it's nothing. We're just going to break down the teams. Um, I, I'm going to give you my grades on them, and I'm going to break down who's in there, okay? So the AFC North, you got the Steelers, the Ravens, the Browns, and the Bengals, okay? So my grade overall, Sarah, for the AFC North, the black and blue division supposedly, is a C grade. I give them a C, okay? So I'm going to get a I, I, I'm gonna give the AFC North a C. The Steelers are one and one, the Ravens are one and one, the Browns are one and one, and the Bengals are 0 and two, who just were in the Super Bowl. Okay. So having said that is why I give them a C because the Bengals can easily flip this thing and be another AFC, make another AFC run, right? So Joe Burrow is going to be, you know, we're going to figure out O-line is going to make something happen and figure this thing out, right? So the Steelers have scored 37 points and given up 37 points. That's a C. (laughs) Uh, The Ravens have scored 62 and given up 51. The Browns have scored 56 and given up 55. Like, I've never seen a, 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 a conference this fucking even on both scoring and giving up points. And then the Bengals have scored 37, given up 43. 
So as an overall grade, I give them a C. And I because I think the Steelers played the Patriots tough. The Patriots came out after losing to Miami, uh, basically getting blanked by Miami. Um, so I, I think there's some promise. I don't believe in Trubisky and 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 at right. the scores. Um, I don't, I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to. I don't think they have a lot, you know, to to to. Uh, I don't think there's much to do. In, they need to utilize Kenny Pickett. I don't think there's much hope um, in Pittsburgh. Okay, um, I don't think Kenny Pickett is the guy or the answer at all. But we'll see. Um, I'm sure he's going to play now. I didn't think he would. I'm sure he will if they keep if they lose. They're one and one though. Tomlin does a hell of a job. AFC East, Sarah. I'm giving them a B minus. I'm giving them a B minus. Okay, you got the Dolphins at two and zero. You got the Bills at two and zero. The Bills are arguably the best team in the NFL right now, scoring seventy two points, giving up seventeen. Okay, so they are they are clearly the best team statistically right now. The Dolphins have scored sixty two, but have given up forty five. Okay, the Jets are one and one. Sarah got got a big win. Um, coming back versus the Browns, and then the Patriots are one and one. I give them a B minus. Um, that is my grade as a conference through two weeks. Okay, we're only into week two. That is my conference. Um, that is my conference breakdown. I give them a B minus right now in the AFC East. I think the AFC as a total is the best overall league in the NFL right now. But that's my grades. Uh, after seeing Tua today, I watched Tua a little bit and broke down some Tua film. Um, if he could play like that, I, they have a yeah. good shot. They have a good shot. Um, so, you know, I, I'm curious to see how that unfolds. AFC South, Sarah, in your wheelhouse, okay? Uh, I mean, we're in your wheelhouse. Um, Jag, I, I give them an F. Yeah, Their grade is an F. As a conference, they're an F. Um, Jaguars are one and one beat the fucking Colts. The Texans are oh and one and one. Okay. Um, the Colts are oh one and one, and the Titans are oh and two. Uh, the Titans are oh and two, absolutely getting Molly whopped, scoring 27, giving up 62 points. All right. Um, the Texans have scored 29, give up 36. The Jaguars have scored 46 and given up 28. They're one and one. I mean, they're the only team with a win in the conference. I'm giving them an F grade. Anyone could come out of this league right now in this conference. Um, and, it, and if the Colts don't, they're just a bad fucking foot, football team. They're a bad football oh, team. Lord. I, I don't know what's happening there, but I give them an F um, in their in their grade. Maybe like a B minus, just just to lessen the blow. <laughs> nah, I can't give it a B minus. I, I can't lie to my kids. I gotta I gotta teach them the right thing. You fucking tell my class. I'm gonna look at myself first and say why am I all my why are all my kids failing? I have to ask myself that first as the teacher, um, and I have to ask myself as the owner and as the coach why are my cats failing right now. That is the bottom line. And that's what I had to ask myself when we won and when we lost in college coaching. I don't understand why we don't take accountability. But AFC West, I give them a B. I give them a B. Uh, that's the highest grade in the AFC. We got the Chiefs at 2-0, the Chargers at 1-1, the Broncos at 1-1, the Raiders at 0-2. The reason I give 
And I never expected the Raiders to be anything. I told you guys this before the season. I don't like McDaniels as a head coach. I don't trust Carr as a quarterback. And I think the Broncos can easily come out of this thing. I think the Chargers can. But now with Herbert out, I don't see that being very, very sustainable or probable. And it looks like the Chiefs are going to run away with the division. But it's still game two. Let's pump our brakes and see what's happening because the Raiders could easily beat the Chiefs and the Broncos can easily beat the Chiefs. And that's just how this league's going to be. This conference is very, very wide open because of the parity in the AFC West. But I give them a B overall because I think they're uh, they're the hardest division in the AFC. I think the Bills are the best team right now in the AFC. And um, the rest of that league, though, is very, very, besides Miami, if Miami can play well on defense, which they haven't shown yet. Miami has not shown they're very good on defense. New England, they, they held New England down, but New England is New England. They have no fucking offense. So, I don't know. That's just what I, I do. Uh, going through the NFC North, all right? NFC North, I give them a grade of a C-, minus. Sarah. It's going to get snowy. It's going to get cold. It's going to change. And right now, I give them a C- minus through the summer fucking fall, summer portion of this season's uh, schedule. Vikings are 1-1. One one. Packers are 1-1. One one. Lions are 1-1. One one. Bears are 1-1. One one. That is a C- minus grade for me. The Vikings have scored 30 and allowed 31. Packers have scored 34, allowed 33. Uh, the Lions have scored 71 points, believe it or not, but they've given up 65 fucking points on defense. And the Bears have scored 29, given up 37. Oh. That, that league is bad, but but I'm giving yeah. them a, I'm giving them a C minus because it has Aaron Rodgers. I do believe the Lions are better. I don't believe the Lions are going to be ran over uh, like they've been. I think they've got some nuts and guts. They're going to have some fight. And then the Bears, I just think Justin Fields is, is not very good NFL quarterback. I don't think the Bears have what it mm-hmm. takes. I think the Bears will end up – I think the Lions are going to beat uh, – are, are going to finish third in that conference. So that's just my opinion on that that conference. And that's the black and blue conference in the NFC because it's played up in the North Sexter with fucking snow and rain and sleet and all that shit. So um, it is what it is. Um NFC East, Sarah. And I'm doing this, Sarah, to get you so acclimated to the NFL. You're going to be like, fuck, uh, think about the NFL after today. Uh, <laughs> NFC East, I'm giving them a B minus. I can't wait to see Eddie Manyweather's face on this shit. I'm giving them the uh, East, NFC East, a, a B minus. Um, Eagles are 2 0. The Giants are fucking 2 0. Daniel Jones, believe it or not, the, uh, the, the Commanders are fucking 1 1, and the Cowboys are 1 1. All right, Eagles have scored 62 points, given up 42 points. The Giants have scored 40, given up 36. The Commanders have scored 55, given up 58. And the Cowboys have scored a whopping 23 fucking points and given up. Mm. So I give them a B- minus because I think the Eagles roster is very good. I think the Giants are going to win seven, eight games, like I said before the season. I think the Commanders will probably win the same. Cowboys will probably win the same. And so to me, this conference can easily be a average to C minus grade for the rest of the year. But right now through week two, they're a C minus or they're a B minus. And uh I think it's the Eagles conference to lose. Um and we'll see what happens. Um 
I, that's just my take. I hope Daniel Jones can continue to grow and get better. I like Dable, the head coach. Um, I think he's a good fit there. And uh, I see the I see the Eagles winning that division, though. We'll see if the Giants or the or, or, or any of those other teams can. They all beat each other every year. So, all right, NFC South. I give them a D grade, D as in Dick. I <laughs> give them D. Buccaneers are two and zero. Saints are one and one. Panthers are zero and two. Falcons are zero and two. They have literally the Buccaneers have the best defense in the NFL. They've only given up thirteen points. The Bills have the second best, giving up seventeen points. The Buccaneers shut down the Saints, who I don't have a lot of faith in their quarterback play um, or any of that. The the Panthers are just a bad organization. I think Matt Rule can be fired uh, any day now. The the Falcons, are they do not have the quarterback that can throw the football around the park. And what needs to happen is they need to run the football more. They have a wide out playing running back. And... They need to run the football, play action, pass it, run some double option, run some things that the Ravens are doing with Lamar Jackson, with Mariota, and spice it up a little bit because Atlanta does not have the roster specifically at quarterback to sit back there and throw the ball 50 fucking times. So the Falcons have to get a little innovative on offense and creative, and they just don't have it. I think this division is bad. It is one of the worst in football. Um, I give them a D. I think it's the Buccaneers division to lose. I I also said the Buccaneers were going to be average to – and what I mean by average for the Bucs is we're expecting Super Bowl or bust by them. You know what I mean? We're, we expect Super Bowl or bust. And um, that's why I think, you know, if they lose in the first round, it's not expectations being met. So that's why I think that. The Saints, I just don't think they have a quarterback to, to win them games. And if you're having to put that other fucking running back at quarterback, whatever the fuck, Chase Hill, Chase some Hill or whatever, Chase some Hill, you're you're shitty. That's just my opinion on that. Um, Panthers are god awful. I don't know if they'll win a football game. I do not know if they'll win a fucking football game. <laughs> and the Falcons are a five win football team. So uh that's my take on that i give him a d all right here we go nfc west okay out my way nfc west we you know the last year we were talking they were the best conference in football um you got the 49ers the rams the cardinals and the seahawks right seahawks got a lot of hype after the the, the beatdown of uh russell wilson going back home which i've already said listen don't put too much stock into that 49ers are one and one they beat the seahawks last game 27 7 jimmy g is back at the helm sarah uh, Trey Lance is out for the season because I said he was going to be if he kept fucking running around, but that's what happens. And you pay him a lot of money to do so, so it's kind of fucked up. The Rams are one and one, have not looked good. The Rams have scored 41, Sarah, and given up 58 fucking points. Whoa. That's the Ram defending Super Bowl champs. So they that's have like Chicago Bears stats there almost. Yes. See, you're learning this shit. I'm telling you, you're going to be professional after this day. <laughs> The Cardinals are one and one. Scored fifty, given up fifty-seven. I, I'm sorry, sixty-seven. They've given up the most points. Besides, I, I think they've given up the most points in football. And the Lions are second. So, the Cardinals are very bad on defense. Kyler Murray's not very good on quarterback, and they still beat the Raiders. <laughs> the Seahawks are one and one, one and one, and 
They are who we thought they were. The Jim Mora quote of the year, we are who they thought they were, or Dennis Green. They, they do not have a quarterback. Geno Smith is not fucking good enough to get it done on a consistent basis. I think that Seahawks team was super fucking amped up to beat Russell Wilson, who they do not like. Obviously, let's ride. And the Seahawks are one and one. I don't see them having a very successful year. I just don't see them having a quarterback to get DJ Metcalf and fucking uh, lock at the football. And that's just my opinion on that. So the NFC West gets a D grade. Also, they get a D along with the NFC South. But I can literally still see the Rams and the Bucks coming out of that division playing for the NFC Championship game. And I, now I am very, very concerned um, about Jimmy G taking over the helm for the Niners. I think the Niners have become better overnight by gaining Jimmy G at the quarterback position. Right. And now he is marketable. <laughs> Yes. You know what I mean? Like he's growing value to himself as far as that goes now. Yes. No, that was Bob Stoops, TJ. That was Bob Stoops. So what do you grade the NFL overall? Uh, a big fat C right down the <laughs> middle. Right down the middle. <laughs> they are a big fat C right down the middle because that's what it is right now because we're so – it's kind of like, like I said, it's spiraling upwards instead of downwards. Like – College football to me is a, is 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 a parody. Uh, oh. You know we're watered down in, in college football. I think the parody is all over. Just like you said, you want to see NBA or college basketball. You know Cornell winning a game or South Florida. That's what college basketball is. College football has become college basketball. We're going to ask Frank Martin that in about twenty minutes. Um, I think it's becoming more competitive. Yeah, it's not more competitive. It's more watered down, and I think you have those two things confused like mm. i get what you i know you're not dumb i know you know what the fucking difference is what i'm saying is like i don't think appalachian state should ever beat a&m and i don't think marshall should ever beat notre dame and if you think so then we have a fucking problem houston There's no, no i don't think i think you should have your powerhouses i think there should be programs i mean i'm a tennessee fan so absolutely that's why this florida game is such a huge deal we want to be restored back to what we are we want to be competitive we want to be one of those top tier programs but right now to see that there is this is the gap between these top tier programs and these bottom schools is either less of a gap or we have all of these rebuilds going on, you know, the, with the utilizing the transfer portal, people are leaving. And we're actually, I feel like right now we're actually getting to see what these coaches are able to do. Let me tell a you, little bit more. Let me tell you something. It's, it's, ex, it's exposing these big time commercialized coaches who are getting $10 million a year. That is what it's doing. Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher, Cabo <laughs> Swing, uh, Coach Day. Time out. Did you see Dabo though? Did you see him run? I uh, mean, he was like, "Woof." That's his thing. That's his thing. Um, <laughs> I thought he was gonna fall. Thing. That's his shit. Um, let me ask you this: This is the this is my take on this. Like, we are seeing these teams win, right? Um. 
Yeah, Appala- Appalachian State's been competitive for years, bro. But if you think they should beat A&M, you're fucking delusional, Elmatic. You think fucking Appalachian State should beat Texas A&M? You think that's good for college football? Fucking idiot. So this is the problem, Sarah. We have the Dabos, the Jimbos, these guys making $9, $10 million a year. Day at Ohio State, Harbaugh at Michigan. None of them have won a natty except Dabo. And Jimbo inherited a fucking roster, won a natty at Florida State, has been absolute dog shit since and before. So having said that, Lance Leopold goes to KU and is 3-0 year two and is exposing the bad coaches in this profession, such as the Les Mileses of the world. Oh, Les Miles is so awful. Brian Kelly's of the world and the fucking all these guys at these big programs getting this huge bag. And Lance Leopold goes from D3 Whitewater to fucking Buffalo. Does a hell of a job at fucking University of Buffalo, which hasn't been good in football since fucking who knows when. Goes to Kansas and is now 3-0. Beats West Virginia. Beats Houston, who's ranked. And now you're seeing with your very own eyes that these administrators have no fucking idea what they're doing when they're hiring these guys at this landscape with these resources they're doing using these search committees to hire guys for their fucking campus. And now you're seeing these guys exposed. You're seeing them all go after the portal kids and not back away from it and not create a culture on campus. And that is what Lance is doing. That is what uh, Chris is doing at K-State. That's what Willie Fritz does at Tulane. These are great coaches. awful, though. Yeah, these are great coaches with shitty resources, though. You have shitty coaches with unlimited resources who still can't win. That is the fucking problem. And we won't go outside the box and hire guys that will take less money to show prove their worth and... I don't understand how they cannot come up with this mindset. Like, I'm not sold, Sarah, on Billy Napier. I'm not sold on Beamer. I'm not sold on uh, my ma- my man at Baylor. I'm not sold on some of these guys. You know who's impressing me? The head coach at Washington. I know very well. He was at Fresno State. He's OC. He's very good. Very good. Their offense is really good. He does a sound job. Their defense is better. They mollywop Michigan State. Mollywop them. And Tucker makes fucking $8 million a year. This guy's making two, three million tops at Washington. Um, a good friend of mine, head coach at Oregon State right now, 3-0. and Not abusing the portal, using it accordingly. Done a decent job. Washington State. Has a new coach, has not abused the portal, doing it the right way. These are the, some of the lowest paid Power 5 coaches in America. What about Hypo? He's not who abusing you, the portal. Who you don't know is, is my point. These coaches are making the least amount of money in America as a Power 5 coach. And you guys, you may know them, Sarah. I don't know. But a lot of them don't know. A lot of a lot of people out here in this chat don't know who the head coach of Washington State is. You don't know who the head coach of Washington is. You don't know who the head coach of Oregon State is. And they're whipping people's asses. You don't know Lance Leopold at KU. 
You don't know Chris Kleinman or Kleinman or whatever his name is at K-State? He was at South Dakota State or North Dakota State. So you had these smaller coaches who I could not be more proud of showing the college landscape how to coach a culture, how to change a culture. And you got guys that you hire because of popularity contests like Scott Frost, who is absolutely garbage. Do you think that Lance is going to stay at case or at KU? I do. He, 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 KU was a big upgrade from Buffalo. Okay. He earned that right to go there. He took that. I don't, as I've known Lance a long time, I don't think he's a guy that's going to jump around and do this thing right now in this age because he sees the writing on the wall. If I go to the wrong place and miss this portal nonsense, I could be fucked in a small fish in a big pond right overnight. So right now I'm in my niche. I'm in my zone. I'm in my lane. I'm going to stay in my lane. I don't think Nebraska is a better job than KU right now. I don't. And people might look at me crazy. Sean Waffle, he is very well versed in the area of the Kansas Midwest Nebraska area. Do you agree? Let me ask you, Sean. You know football. You played football. You know it well. Would you leave right now today for, for from KU to go take the Nebraska job? In the current state that it is in, would you leave? Yes. <laughs> you would leave KU to go to Nebraska? I would. KU's a foot or KU's a basketball school. They're not upgrading facilities because of football yet. I think that's very early to call it a football program that it's restored. I don't I, it's so early to say that it's a restored football program. I think he's doing great things. I want to see it be that way, but they have to beat somebody worth a the shit. They have like they're playing Duke this weekend. Okay, who gives a shit? I want to see them those two basketball schools playing each other. I want to see them beat Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. I want to see them be competitive. Yeah, they got to beat Duke first. That's what you that's that what doesn't you, even really fucking matter. Fan, novice fan wants to see them beat these teams, but they haven't even beat a Duke caliber team in 10 years. We should be fucking ecstatic they're three and oh and beat two pretty good football teams. And now they're but gonna, if football is watered down. Does it really show that they're good? No, that's what I'm saying. That's why it's watered down. But we have to keep winning, right? If you want to continue to create something that they haven't had since Mangino, that's the thing I'm saying. KU has to create and take baby steps, which he's doing. You want to start all over and go do do that same shit in Nebraska? With I don't think it's starting all over, though. They're not that down to the bottom, I don't feel like. Man, I saw the Nebraska comment in here. This guy, Nebraska guy gets mad at me about this roster. Their roster is fucking dog shit. I don't care what Zach Smith said yesterday on the show. I don't care what anybody says. They are dog shit. And they may have a few players here and there. Their overall roster is absolutely horseshit. And KU's roster is better. I, I want to. I want to like to know what roster is not better than than Nebraska's in this conference. I, I will. I'd love to see it because Northwestern's better. By the way, Sarah Duke mollywop Northwestern. Northwestern beat the shit out of Nebraska. KU has Duke. Duke is not that bad of a football team right now in this whole landscape of things, even though we know they're two basketball schools. Uh, right. KU has its hands full this weekend, and Duke's not as shitty as you think. And I'm just saying, we're going to find out. KU just got to keep winning. And if they can win, um, 
and go to four and I predicted they'll be five and oh. And then they're then they're meeting potatoes of the conference starts and they're gonna have an uphill battle, right? They're gonna have an uphill battle. And uh, you know, it is what it is. We're 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 gonna find out. We're gonna find out. But we're gonna ask Frank Martin that in about 15 minutes. Um we got about 15 minutes, Sarah. Um I want to get to the third and long segment. The show's been moving right along. Um, I want to get to the third and long segment of the show. Here we go. Third and long. All right. Um, we got to get Sarah in those pads, by the way. <laughs> no, we need to get we need to get Tawny in those pads. I like Tawny. I like Tawny as the the my favorite of the of the three you brought on or four, whatever you brought yeah, on. She's my homegirl. Yeah, I like Tani. I like Tani. I like Tani's uh like structure the best. Um, yeah, she's like I think she's five ten. Really? Yes, she's yeah, very I like, tall. I like that. I like I like I like uh I like tall. I like tall, thick. You know. Anyway, um, third and long. Third and long. Here we go, Sarah. Right back in your wheelhouse. College game day is coming to Knoxville. The Vols have only yes. Game. They've only won this game twice in the past 17 years and are on a five-game skid versus the Gators. Um, it seems like the Vols should have won at least half a dozen of these games since Urban Meyer stepped away, but they always find a way to shoot themselves in the foot. The fan base is as confident and hungry as ever with the Josh Hypo regime and the rebuild and it's not likely they need any more fucking fire lit underneath them. Billy Napier, however, said the crowd noise really isn't all that big of a deal. <laughs> and his quarterback, Anthony Richardson, said the crowd might not might get loud and angry after they go up four touchdowns. Despite oh, are these going to be his first touchdowns? Maybe. Hey, <laughs> we're gonna let you. We're gonna let you get after this. Let me just read you the whole third and long segment. And by the way, they are an eight and a half point underdog. The young quarterback, the new coach, may get a rude awakening as to how things are done on the road in the SEC, especially in Nayland. Or is it going to be more of the same and be six-game losing streak? What is your take? And I can't wait to hear this one, Sarah. That is what is there on the slate. Um, But before you answer, Sarah, we're going to take a piss break. Because I want to make sure everybody's tuned in for this one. And Frank Martin will be joining us here in about 15 minutes. But I can't wait to get this hot take from Sarah on this fucking Tennessee-Florida game. So we'll be back in four minutes. We'll take 10 minutes to answer that question and have a little banter going back and forth. And then Frank Martin will be calling in. Be right back. Four minutes. Peace. So here's my top five fucking of all time. Tony Gonzalez is the premier tight end in my generation not only did we play against each other in high school growing up together his old his older brother was actually one of my juco tight ends his name is chris gonzalez by the way went to huntington beach high school grew up right up the street we played together in the we actually played each other in high school twice um he also played basketball when i for his high school, we were obviously the number one team in the country in basketball. He was a great basketball player as well. Played at Cal Berkeley with Jason Kidd, um, Tremaine Folks, another good friend of mine. He was on that squad. Uh, Ed Gray, another L.A. kid. That Cal team was great. I think they lost in the Elite Eight uh, to Duke, I want to say, or North Carolina. But that, that Cal team was really good. Tony Gonzalez was a problem in college basketball. 
could have played in the NBA. Uh, I don't think he would have ever had the same career, obviously. He would have just been a big, bulky power forward in the, in the NBA. You know, he's 6'6", uh, probably could, you know, at that time. Um, but he was a great inline blocker. He was a great pass receiver and catcher. He always, and also was, uh, he did a lot of things that tight ends at that time were not willing to do. Um, but Tony was a all around tight end who holds most records and he played longer. That's one of the reasons I cannot put Gronk in there. I do think Gronk is probably the most talented tight end to play the game, but I don't put him there because I think he's played 11 years. He's only 33 years old. And I don't think, you can put him as the best already. I think he scored in three of his four Super Bowl victories. Um, but anyway, Ozzie Newsom is my number two tight end. Ozzie Newsom redefined the position. He is what the Antonio Gates of the world, the Shannon Sharps, all those guys became later. Ozzie Newsom, also a friend of mine who who was the player personnel of the Baltimore Ravens for a long time, a guy named Art Perkins who played running back for the San Diego Chargers, L.A. Rams, actually was a Compton College alum who was a coach at Compton College who coached my coach who also allowed me to come into OTAs and minicamp with the Ravens way back for a couple days. Art Perkins is a great guy. Learned from Ozzie Newsom, uh, played in that era. Ozzie Newsom was a different human. People don't realize that. Everyone wants to talk about the firemen and the plumbers and shit, the J.J. Reddick quote, which, well, okay, well, how's that going now? <laughs> now that all these old school motherfuckers have came out and showed you that you fucking bitch-made motherfuckers could never even have played in our era, a little less fucking played every game in our era. But anyway, Ozzie Newsom, I think, deserves a lot of fucking credit for what he did um, as a Colt, as a Brown you know, he was original fucking vertical threat tied in that you did not see. Everybody was in line tight ends at the time. So Ozzie Newsom's one of my fa- uh, set number two. I put Gronk at three. I put Gronk at three. Um, like I said, I've already talked about Gronk, so I put him. That's where I put him. Shannon Sharp is four. I think Shannon Sharp redefined. All right, all right, all right, Sarah, are you good? I'm good. Oh, what a day. Cardi G, Tony Gonzalez is not top five. Tony Gonzalez. I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. Some people just talk. Some people just love to talk. Uh, we got about 10 minutes before Menace Army's in the house. What up? What up? What up? Yes, there are. There are. There are some weirdo fucks in here, Dean Smith. But make sure... Uh, you become a member first before you start talking, slapdick. Uh, <laughs> Frank Martin will be joining us in about 10 minutes. Um, and we'll talk to him about all things real. But we got about 10 minutes to get into the last segment of this third and long segment. We're asking Sarah. Make sure you guys all found <laughs> the like button in here. I like where the show's headed. It's been a good show today so far. I'm hipping Sarah to some NFL fucking facts. We're talking real life transfer portal every single day is what is on our top. <laughs> They're all soft as baby pussy. And Sarah thinks they all deserve to leave. So I'm just kidding. We're, uh, we're always going to have a good conversation. So it's all good. 
Frank Martin's going to join us, one of the realists. So you can see, you see the picture behind us. We're both yelling at each other. We're going to have fun with that one. I bet you there was about 20 different pussies crying after both of us were yelling in that picture right there, whoever took that picture. So it is what it is, right? Um, so what? But anyway, college game day, Pat McAfee and the boys will be in, 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 in Knoxville, and the Vols have won this game two times in 17 years, Sarah. Yes, yes. We have lost. We've blown, we've blown it. So, Sarah. Do they lose six in a row or do they win the third in 17 years or do they beat them and get it done? You All are right. half point favorites. I'm scared of that. And I want to fucking help you out. I want to, I want to root for the Tennessee in this one. I don't like, I, I don't like overhyped quarterbacks. I want to see, uh, I, but I do like to see if Anthony Richardson can show the fuck up for once. I am not sold on Billy Napier. Everybody likes him and all this old good old shit. But I don't know what he's done. You wanted a mid-major, okay. But we pay a lot of people a lot of money that have never won. It's crazy to me. What does Tennessee do? Break it down. I want to see your take and hear your take. And so do all, all right. people. Okay. So if Anthony Richardson can, I mean, if he can rush for 200 yards, Maybe they've got a shot in hell, but that's not going to happen. He cannot throw from the pocket. He's got zero touchdowns. He has four interceptions. Okay. He is overhyped. He's not good. Now, Florida does have a good defense. I will give them that. We have blown games with Will Muschamp out the door to their third string quarterback. We have been awful. I'm Florida's going to have the best game that they've ever had in Neyland because that's just how it works for Tennessee. Now, I think that we finally have a coach who can make adjustments at halftime. Um, Callaway, he is suspended for the first half, so he will come in with the second half because of the whole thing that happened with Akron. They played us dirty. He stood up for his team. Now, with the brotherhood, we have that going on. Um Hendon Hooker, he is underrated. I'm telling you, we have yet to see Josh Heupel open up the playbook. I don't think he has done that yet because he knows that this is a make or break game. Everybody knows that. So well, you, you also played fucking Akron, fucking Mercer, fucking Cornell. <laughs> Who else you fucking played? Right, but we he hasn't opened up the playbook. I don't think so. Um, because that's who we have played. Now we did play Pitt, who it was a ranked team who did win their division last year, and we played them with we played them hard and we made several mistakes, but we somehow managed to pull out that win. Um, I think that we actually pulled out that win and deserved it and and fought really hard from picking up the pace because we were thrown off our rhythm. I do think that. Alabama did not do the same in the Texas game. So I don't think that's a comparison, but in this game, you are going to see Florida have a lot of leg cramps, have a lot of injuries because that's what people do to Tennessee. They try to throw us off our rhythm because if we are on top of that, there's no stopping us. Now I, I hope that we win this game. It's a make or break game. I'm behind my boys. And I mean, if they win, I will rush the field because I will be there. I swear to God, you will see me 
freak out. <laughs> All right. Here's my take. This is much bigger of a game than it is to me for all you guys out there in the South, Southeast, SEC country, all that shit. Cheers to everybody on TikTok Live. I'm here in the house on the Coach JB Show with Sarah Blake on YouTube right now. Come on over to YouTube. I'm going to have the legendary man himself, Frank Martin, head coach at UMass Basketball, will be joining us here in about five minutes. So come on over to YouTube, become a member. Because we will be going to member live shortly in next week and a half or so. So become a member. If you're not a member, you will not get any no action. You're going to have a chance to win some signed bikinis by Sarah. You're going to get some free whiskey bottles. You're going to get some great merch from CoachJBStore.com. So go check it out. Come on over to YouTube. Become a member today. Flood into YouTube right now, TikTokers. Come on over to YouTube. We're going to be live right now. We have a great show. We've already been on for an hour and 40 minutes. We have Frank Martin, who you see right here on my screen behind me, the head coach, former head coach, South Carolina, final four winning coach, also the head coach at K-State, and now he is at UMass. So come on over. You're going to, you're going to get to hear from two real ones, two real ones, are going to join us here in about five minutes. As of right now, who you hear on behind you is Sarah Blake, and she's talking about her Tennessee Volunteers taking on the Florida Gators this weekend in Neyland. College game day is there. Sarah is telling us what she thinks about Tennessee. Can they win uh, for the first time in five tries? Uh, this is going to be their sixth try. Can they win? They've only won it twice in 17 years. So... Yeah, I have to correct this stat. Nick, it's actually 44 touchdowns and three interceptions since becoming a starter. That's 37 passing and seven rushing. Precisely. Oh, shit. Chop it up. <laughs> Sarah's fucking out here with the stat game cracking. <laughs> shit. Um, well, damn, I'm tired of it. Hey, I hear you. Uh, shit. I Anthony Richardson cannot throw from the pocket. He has zero touch. I have as much touchdowns in college football as Anthony Richardson. So hold on. You're telling me you're going to run out on the field naked. I didn't they say play? naked. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I um, mean, I'll check her my body. I'm just kidding, everybody. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. I wanted to get her blushing, you know, get Frank Martin excited. Frank Martin's going to come in here. <laughs> Excited here in a few minutes. He's going to, you know, head coach UMass. He's a yeller like me because we are real. And uh, it's going to be a great conversation. I'm excited as shit to talk to Frank. You know, you don't me get a lot. Too. Of, you don't get a lot of, you don't get a lot of time to talk to real ones. Sarah actually grew up loving Frank Martin as well as a coach because she is from the Kansas area. He was at K-State, I'm sure, when she was growing up. Mm -hmm. uh, but Sarah is like fucking nine years old, by the way. To compared to me, um, I'm just kidding. She has kids and shit, so I can't say that. You know, she's actually a grown woman with fucking responsibilities, contrary to all your belief out there. Yeah. Um, but everybody in TikTok, come on over to YouTube, man. I'm here live right now. It's in my bio. Come on over. Flood the gates. You got a chance to win something. Talk to Frank Martin. Become a member with the great community we already have going on here. So we'll be having that on in two minutes. 
Great, great, great banter, Sarah, because I'm curious to see even the good teams, the better teams, the team on the rise always has that yes. mental block against certain teams. And- now, I will say this because I was at the Akron game this past weekend as well. It it feels different because I was at the South Carolina-Tennessee game last year. Now, this is so different from that because even playing Akron, it was just different. On our first drive, it was silence. And that's in Neyland. Neyland is loud. And, I mean, that's our culture. We're Tennessee. But it was silence because we are ten- – the Tennessee ball fan base, I mean, we are very in touch with reality. I think that's why when we watch these games, you see our passion come out. And, I mean, you- we go from one extreme to the other. And we don't ever feel safe because we know we've had our heart broke before. We've been let down. But this is just different. It feels different. Something's definitely different about all this. No doubt. Man, I appreciate all the Nebraska Cornhusker fans pushing for me to get the job. I get it. <laughs> I, I actually have something funny to share to you, with you that I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to wait uh, for Mr. Coach Frank Martin to come on. And then I'll show it. But I showed it a little bit this morning. But it's kind of funny. Um and for all of you haters, let me just tell you something. The Akron coaches post-game conference, he said that we are one of the best football teams in the nation after watching us play. That is what he said, quote. So come at me, mofos. Come at me. My dick slapped me across your face. And so did Pitt's coach. Sarah. That's fucking Akron. If yeah, they fuck played, Akron, but at least for the best. I mean, huh? if they played Independence Community College, they would say they're the best team they played. Well, that's very nice of them. They're being polite. At least he's teaching everybody manners. And Let me, so I came on Pat. Throw Matthew some show. respect. I, I went on Pat McAfee show last year, and I came out. I I literally had this dream. I told Pat and AJ and the boys. I said, "Listen, I have a dream that I'm going to become the head coach at Akron. I don't know why it was Akron." The reason it was Akron, my subconscious told me this story. This is a true story, by the way. Danny Green's a good friend of mine. I'm going to get Danny Green on, three-time NBA champion. He's going to come on the show. He's a good friend of mine. We talk a lot. He rocks slapdick whiskey and cigars when they won the bubble championship that year during COVID and beat the Miami Heat. Um, we were talking, and he was like, JB, I'm talking to LeBron James to get you the fucking Akron job. LeBron's from Akron. So this is how it all happened. So a couple of weeks later, I have a dream. And then I, t- I, it's like, fuck, I'm the head coach at Akron. We're undefeated. We play Alabama for the natty. I believe that or not. And then Pat McAfee's announcing the game, and he's actually on college game day. And it's crazy that now he's on college game day. So some shit is happening in the world, Sarah, that is getting me closer to becoming the head coach at Akron for some reason. <laughs> Don't just- take that job. You're going to Nebraska. We've yeah, already discussed this. Head coach at Nebraska. But bottom line is, yeah, what about Jaquarius Martin, uh, Kane Griff? Yeah, Jaquarius Martin was my personal kid and recruit. Why? He okay, I hope. Um, so I'm the head coach at Akron. We play fucking Alabama. Pat McAfee's announcing the game. I told him that on the show. It's funny that Akron is still the worst program in America. Like, what is going on? Like, I, I, I don't understand it. 
LeBron they James, dirty. you need to listen to Danny Green and call the president at Akron and tell that motherfucker, I will change the game. You will actually be on the sideline of an Akron game instead of an Ohio State game if you fuck with me. I'm just telling you. Didn't Nick up- Saban play at Ak- Akron? Huh? Isn't that where Nick Saban played? Is that Akron? I believe he went to, I'm not sure. I have a Nick Saban story. So Nick Saban, we're talking, we're at a convention. We're shooting the shit, having a drink. And he's telling a bunch of us the story. And he said his current wife, he's been married to for 40 years. Mm -hmm. She used to be be the gas station attendant at this. Oh, I know the story. And so Nick Saban would drive to this gas station all the time. Well, Nick said this, this, this girl he used to like had a boyfriend. The boyfriend's owner, the boyfriend's dad owned the gas station. Mm-hmm. So he was like, fuck, I like this girl. Miss Terry's ex-boyfriend. Huh? It's Miss Terry's ex-boyfriend. Who's that? This is wife. Yes. 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 Nick Saban's current. Yes. So. All right. All right. Um. No further ado, man. Let's just get let's <laughs> let's get the main man on the show. We're waiting for Frank Coach Martin. He's gonna join us here. Everybody, make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. Come on over here. Uh, we got a lot to discuss here. Um, but the man, the myth, the legend, Coach Martin. He's a Miami native, Florida native, um, and former K State head coach, former South Carolina head coach. Took South Carolina to the Final Four in 2016. What's up, Coach? How you doing, man? I appreciate you coming on. Hey, JB, just for you, man, I'm going to flip my hat on backwards. <laughs> hey, that's what I'm talking about. Hey, Coach, are you on a cell phone? Coach, are you on a cell phone? He's in his car. Yeah, so I am. You. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're cutting out. Can you can you turn your cell phone sideways? Like long ways? And Damn, it'll it's make coming. the screen bigger. Yeah, it's coming and going. Let me see. Maybe maybe hang up and call right back. It'll clear up. There you go. Let me see. Yeah, let me it's call you right back. back. I don't know what's going on. All right, call me right back. Is- huh? Yeah, ha- hang up and call right back. It'll probably clear up. Okay, you got it. Um, Coach Martin's in his car. He's he's headed to a recruit's house, by the way. You're getting some fucking inside shit here. Uh, Salina, Kansas is in the house. What up, Salina? Salina, Kansas got the worst titty bar in America, by the way. The bitches had bullet wounds and just had a baby the night I was in the club. So, Salina, Kansas, shout out to you. Um, come on over to YouTube, man. All you guys on, Twi- on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all you motherfuckers, come to YouTube right now. We're live getting it cracking. Uh, Coach Frank Martin is joining us, the head coach at UMass. Um, a real one, man. Uh, just hearing him talk is great already. So he's going to be joining us here in a minute, getting his uh, getting his shit together on his uh, connection. So we're getting that to go. We're getting that together. Wichita, Kansas is in the house. Tonight, <laughs> Kansas is in the house. I don't know how you say that, but, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, we all got Boost Mobile, man. It is what it is, right? AJ Myers, we, it is what it is. Um, here we go. Here we go. You got me? You got me? 
<laughs> you hear me? He's not hearing us for some reason. We'll see when he gets on. We'll see. Man, we got a lot of cans. Got a lot of Kansans in the house, dog. We got a lot of Kansans. El Dorado, El Dorado. We got Minox. We got all kind of Kansans in the room here to see the great Frank Martin. He's uh, working on his connection, so he's got that going on. Um, why we wait for him? You, why we wait for Frank to get his thing clear? Here we go. You got me, JB. You there? Yeah, we're here. You got me? I don't know what it is, Sarah, if it's us or him. Um, yeah. There we go. There we go, right? You got me now? Yeah, I hear you guys. Now you're there. You're there. You're locked in. My man. They got me recruiting today, man. I'm sitting in my car outside this high school. Hey, I figured that, man. I was like, shit. Are you on the East Coast right now? Are you? Are you? Yeah, out I'm of, out here. I'm, I'm, out there? I'm okay. actually in. Bo I'm in Boston. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Man, I was uh, supposed to be in Boston for the Live Golf Tournament. My buddy Pat Perez is out there, man. So uh, I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, let me ask you this, man. What? What? What got everybody's in the chat here uh, from Kansas? They remember your K State <laughs> day, so they're all jumping in here today. Uh, my my boss, so you know, my boss is on the show on Netflix. My boss is a K State Hall of Famer, Tammy Romstead, women's basketball, won an Olympic gold medal. She's hangs in the banners there, all in the rafters. Yeah, so she yeah. is a huge fan yeah. of you. Um, she she is a Hall of Famer at K State, and she was just uh, she was ecstatic that you were going to come on today. Um, you went back to the booth. You went into the booth in the media world. What got you back onto the hardwood? <laughs> oh man it, it that tv stuff's fun and it's awesome and i enjoy it because jb i'm kind of like you i kind of say the truth i don't kind of say what sounds popular and um so so um I, I i i like speaking the truth and i enjoy it but i i still got some stuff left in the tank man and i still want to chase these young dudes around man and try and get them to do right and and uh, get them to, to to stay in the right place, and um, and not get wrapped up in the nonsense that that uh, that I, I don't want to say social media, but today's <laughs> society's kind of thrown in their face. You know, it's uh, um, so I'm as long as uh, I feel young guys can still embrace what I say, and I feel like I'm helping them move forward, and. Uh, I still got the energy. I'm healthy again. COVID kicked the, you know, what out of me, man. And, um, uh, so it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hell. I'm, hey, I, I kind of look like, like I got run over by a freight train. Yeah. But I feel good inside again, man, which, which was the thing. That's COVID all that matters. Like kind of tried, uh, COVID tried to break my spirit and, and it, you know, maybe it did. But you know what? I think I won that battle. So it's uh, we we still got more to give. Man, coach, ball head is sexy. The women tell me every day. <laughs> hey, my wife tells 
And my wife tells me she likes it. I say, yeah, but when I had that gelled back curly hair, you told me you liked that one too. So I'm, <laughs> I'm like, you know. Hey, uh, man, I, I, I've always wa- followed you from afar and been a fan. And I always watch you. And I'm just like, man, there's just, I wish there was more guys like you and, and Huggins and, and, and Bob Knight and, and all these guys, man. I just wish there was more of us out there. Uh, it's so protected by social media Everyone has a phone. You're, we're, we're, we're coaching on eggshells because we don't want to be mm-hmm. uh, telling somebody the truth like we like to do and then have somebody record it. And if somebody thinks it's something that uh, is, 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 is cancelable. All right. Uh, let me ask you this. What uh, you, you're out there recruiting again. It's got to be a great one, man. I, I just that's probably the most uh, single most thing I miss of this thing is recruiting the kids, getting into the home, the school, what have you. Uh, is that a good feeling? Does is, is it feel good rejuvenating you right now to get back out there on the road? You hear me? Yeah, I got you. I, I, you, I believe I, I kind of skipped on me there. I think said something about recruiting and if it's a good feeling. Yeah, I was saying – that's probably the single most uh, thing that I miss is being on the road recruiting a ho- kid in a home. Or I whatever. lose you there, JB. No, I got you. You hear me? You got me? You got me? Yeah, I, I, uh, I still love the recruiting part, man. It's uh. Um, building the relationship still to me is the fun part because that relationship is what, what allows you, you know, everyone talks about the transfer times and all that stuff. And it is what it is. Uh, but the, 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 whatchamacallit, sorry about that. Um, the relationship you build with these guys, which is based on truth. It's based on real. It's not based on phoniness of your talent or what, what you know, how many points per game you're going to average and all that crap that that's all phony baloney. It's it's the what happens when the lights are off, when people aren't watching that daily interaction that that you're in it with them and, and their journey. Um, that I still live for that man, and that that's what matters to me. Uh, the whole world is is uh, telling, trying to get. It, JB, here's I think you I, I think you would appreciate this because because I know what you do. And I should say I know. I've got a pretty good feel for what you do. And um the um it's it's um uh whatchamacallit. Um I, I'm trying to figure out how to word this. I, I'm trying to say in the PG fashion, not I not know, for you, for I me. Know, it's city. Not it's for city. you, for me. I know. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to be family friendly for my to protect myself right now. Um, we 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 live in an era where everyone wants to make me the bad guy because I'm old fashioned, and and I I tell people all the time, I finished my 38th year on a sideline last year. I've never looked down the bench and seen open seats. Never. So obviously, there's still people out there that feel that I'm, I can help them. And, uh, uh, 
And I tend to tell those people, it's like, well, you're too hard on them. I said, well, I might be hard on them, but they're my guys and they don't run away from me. Um, and they say, well, you know, aren't you scared of it? I'm like, listen, at the end of the day, I recruited them. I built a relationship with them and their parents. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not worried about them running away. And I said, number two, um, you ever thought that maybe your way is not a good flavor for me? And, and just cause you know, it's, it's different strokes for different folks, man. And I, I get it. I'm not the coach for everybody, but you know what? Everybody ain't the people for me either. And, and I'm, it's my job to recruit and build relationships with the guys that I think I can help. And that's the only thing that matters. Coach, coach, they, 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 uh, they hate me or they love me. Right. It is what it is. <laughs> We're the same way. We're the same way coach, but I've never seen a player talk bad about you ever 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 and i have never seen a player talk bad about me i got 28 in the nfl i just had my 10th first rounder uh 260 i've sent division one oh but, but i'm the asshole and that's the problem that's what the the naysayers think when you see this show that blew up and it's like well you saw me for 16 hours out of 4,000 hours filmed there you go you see half of coach martin's life you see the game you don't see the building of relationships the parenting that's happening i try to tell people coach martin all the time we are nine we are parents we are babysitters to these parents because we we control we we around these kids 75 percent of their life for four years they're not at home they're with us more than they are with their mothers with their fathers and we're doing them a service. We're helping them. We're raising their kids right before their very own, especially inner city youth that we coach. Um, when the single mom has these kids <laughs> and have three jobs and four kids, and we're and we're raising their kids for them. So that's why we're so passionate about telling them the truth. And that's why we're like telling mom, "Hey, mom, you shut the hell up. We got this one. Trust us." And that's why I always recruited the parent. I'm sure just like you do. Uh, over the kid i recruit the parent first because if i got the parent locked in the kid ain't going nowhere and i've yet to lose a kid to there a portal. you go yeah you know how it goes and so my my question to you is coach the state of college athletics if you had one word to sum it up what is the word the state of college athletics change 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 yeah it's it's uh it's a complete opposite of what you and I grew up uh, knowing it. And it's, it's, uh, it's in, it's in a moment of it's, it's changing right now. And I don't five years from now, I don't know where it's going to be. Um, I'm not here to judge it. If it's headed in a good direction, bad direction, that's, it is what it is, man. Uh, it's like everything else, things change and, and we have to stay true to who we are. I tell people all the time, like, I'm not, I'm not avoiding your question, but I, 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 you said something that needs to be put in perspective. Give those numbers again. How many, how many first round picks? 10. Okay. 10. Now the second one, which is even more powerful. How many division one, how many division one? 260. I've sent division one out of those 260. Never has one kid been arrested or gone to jail or get kicked out of the four year. Well, and, and here's where I'm going with it. This is why I wanted you to repeat it. Uh, the guys that you helped, they weren't the calculus students, man. 
Like I, I, you know, when I taught mathematics in high school in the same inner city high school I grew up in, uh, I said, I don't want the calculus students. Give me the ones like me that nobody else wanted to teach. Those are the ones I want to teach. And, and so you have saved the lives of every one of those kids because the society would probably have pushed them and cast them away. And you've opened up a door. And, and, and that's, that's the realness of I know what you did and what I try to do. And, uh, uh, and college athletics is now going back to your question. Uh, it's in flux right now because of the transfer portal, because of the NIL. Uh, whether it's, uh, you know, a talented kid or an average kid, uh, the parents are trying to find the shortcut in life through their kids' athleticism. And uh, none of that's real, man. It's all phony. And at the end of the day, if you're if the best story, I tell these kids all the time when I recruit them, if the best story you can tell anybody is, I was a five-star 18-year-old. Man, that's a sad story to tell. Uh, you know, are you a five-star grown man? That's what I want to know. And and if you're not, let's work and get there one day. That's like, 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 let's go after it. Let's take advantage of these opportunities that are in front of us. And let's try and become a five-star grown man. Uh, but, you know, when you're a grown man, you're still talking about you have five stars when you're 18 years old. Or as a parent. For me to be running around bragging that my son's a five-star 17, man, that's irrelevant, man. Let's be honest. I mean, like, what are we doing here? Um, you know, life's too long to be worried about how many stars we got when we're 17 years old. And, you know, as well as I know, Coach, stars get coaches fired. Stars get coaches fired. Every <laughs> and you know how that goes, man. And, you know, the truth of the matter, Coach, the, the kid that's saying he was a five-star at 18 is the fucking manager at, at McDonald's. That's the sad part about it. That's what we – that's what me and you don't want. We're telling them, don't – go get your degree. Don't be at damn McDonald's when you're 35 years old. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't want you to get into the portal and NIL deal because I know it's so finicky and you're coaching right now, so I know the business. I would never put you in that predicament. But the NIL and the portal deal, my take is the NIL is the is what I think we've, you know, I played with Ed O'Bannon. We have some common mutual friends, obviously. We Some people mm. out there that don't know. I was a high school basketball player. I sat at the very far end of the bench because I was the slow white guy who played football who just came in to hack the fast athletic guy, all right? And I was the asshole on the team that got the got the guys going and i had we had ed o'bannon charles o'bannon Andre jones we had these big time big time in nba guys and uh we went out to new jersey to play in a in a tournament and uh coach martin was an assistant coach on the team in miami that we played and we lost i think three times in four years in my high school career we won every state title every state championship coach martin's uh miami miami senior high that's it. That's it. They, 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 man, they you were got me feeling old, man. Why, why are you talking about 1990 like that, man? You got me. I'm getting old. Hey, you guys beat us, man. We were, fuck, we were loaded. You guys beat us. We were sophomores. Ed was a senior. Um, you guys beat us. And that was a story. That was a story I want everybody to hear. So, Coach Martin knew my head coach in high school. Uh, and then he recruited everybody out all over the country, obviously. But it was a small world, man, a small world. So um, 
What what do we do? I think the portal's the issue, not the NIL. But but is there a way to to fix this thing, or are we just are we just NFL free agency without a return at the college level now? Yeah, it, it's NIL. NIL should have been in. Should have been. We should have figured out a way to to bring NIL into what we're doing a long time ago and 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 done it in a little bit more structure than the way it was just kind of thrown at us here this like I've been an advocate for NIL for a long time yeah. and uh, uh, but it is what it is it's the change we're dealing with I totally agree with you the NIL is not going to be the problem the only problem with NIL is for us the head coach why not because the kids are making money that's irrelevant that's the way it should have been. It's because I'm being asked to manage a dynamic and I have no control over the dynamic. And that's the only thing. Like, I'm going to give you an example, JB. So you've been on my team and you've been taking charges, diving on loose balls, like making sure that everyone on the team does what Frank wants them to do. And we win and we build a winning culture. And now here comes this new because we've won, now we can recruit a different kid. And now the kid comes in, and he's a talented guy. He means no harm. But he comes in the locker room every day talking about how much NIL he's gotten walking on the door. You're going to sit there and you're going to say, man, I've been busting my ass for Frank, man. How's that this guy getting an NIL deal and I got nothing? And and that that I got nothing to do with that. And right. And... I'm not speaking for everyone in the business. I'm speaking about me. I'm not getting in the middle of that deal because I can get fired for one reason and one reason only. And that's if I, well, obviously I get fired for losing. I just, you know, like, <laughs> or you can get fired for winning. Like I did at South Carolina. I mean, yeah, hell, you never know what you get fired for anymore. You restored you, that as program. A head coach, you, the, as a head coach, you get in the middle of cutting an NIL deal and you're caught, you're getting fired. And, and um, so, uh, so it's one of those deals, man, where 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 the transfer portal to me is is the the one that doesn't allow us to teach because we've created a society where everybody runs away from problems and 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 runs away from adversity. And at the end of the day, man, the only way to grow is going through adversity, not running away from it. And I like there's nothing better than, you know, when you're young, you don't know how to handle adversity and having adults that don't take adversity out of the way. They don't move you to a different path. They just don't let you fall down while you're dealing with adversity. Those are the people that now as a grown man, when I go back and see them, I hug like, you know, the teachers that, that made my life easy, that just kind of pushed me through. I've never said anything to them teachers. The ones that back then made things really hard for me, but wouldn't turn their backs on me. Every time I get a chance, I go give them a hug because without them, I, I, I would have been a miserable failure. And um, so that's, and that's where the transfer portal uh, makes things difficult because I'm not against, I was a transfer. I'm not against people transferring, but now they get the transfer with no repercussions and they don't even have to tell me. I'm the person that recruits them. They don't have to tell me. They can just like not say a word and send an email to compliance 
and enroll at a new school and have no conversations with anybody. I don't think that's the right way of educating young people because at the end of the day, if change is needed, hey, divorce is legal in this country. How the hell can transferring not be legal? Yeah. But, but when you get divorced, you still have to sit in a room and look at people eye to eye mm-hmm. and create the conversation why you need to divorce. And, and I think that's the part that we're not teaching young people. So imagine these kids that we're allowing to transfer around. We're trying to educate them. Like if I wanted to coach professionally, I want to coach professionally. I still want to be a teacher. I still want to try and mentor. I, that's important to me. And um, so now I'm recruiting 18, 19, 20-year-olds. They're going to run away from difficulty and not communicate who they're running away from. What do you think is going to happen when they're married or they're a dad? What do you think they're going to do the first time that their son or daughter uh, does something that pisses them off? They're going to like run away from them, not understand how to make, hold their own children accountable. Uh, you know, they, they, I, I tell young people all the time, Hey man, it's easy as heck to get married. All you got to do is keep asking. Someone's going to say yes. <laughs> it is hard as hell to stay married. Yes. And, and, you know, but, and the reason is you don't run away from the difficult days. You got to sit down and have hard conversations and, and, and be humble enough to listen, but strong enough to express yourself. And, uh, and we got to teach that to young people. And right now the transfer portal is help. It, it's eliminating that educational part from the experience. I didn't mean to ramble brother, but you, you, you <laughs> kind of struck a nerve with me there. No. That's great. I love it. That's the same way. I'm. I, I, we think the exact same way. I already knew that going into this deal. I, this is my. I talked to a lot of buddies coaching D1 football right now, big time programs, and what you mentioned was the same thing. This is my take. Uh, I want to ask you: Are you getting side eyed by the guy towards the eighth or ninth guy on the bench in football? It's it's the backup left tackle, the backup quarterback. In basketball, it's probably number 9, 10, 11. Uh, are you getting side-eyed when you're speaking to the team about doing certain things because of the NIL, because of the portal being so uh, accessible now, like you just said? Are you getting side-eyed and they're not looking at the whole intimate locker room that we once had, which we once shared? Are you getting side-eyed because they can go chase greener pastures and say, I'm out of here because they're not getting an NIL deal or they're just not playing a lot? And they want to chase greener pastures. Is this a harder time to be in the locker room with a bunch of youngsters who are chasing something that may not be there? Uh, I don't know if side-eyed is uh, uh, the way I view it. Um, I'm a big believer in the following. Times change. Values, character does not. You either stand up for the right things or you don't. You either fight for the right things or you don't. Now, the way I learned, uh, the way I was taught, these kids don't care. Times are different. They learn differently. But the values that, so I can't just say, well, I learned like this. You got to learn like that. Man, that's irrelevant to them. But the values, the lessons that life has taught me, I still have a responsibility to figure out how they learn. And if I can kind of make them feel it, then, then I earn their trust. And then when I earn their trust, at least I communicate with them. And I, I, yeah, I tell young people all the time, when I grew up, you respected the name at the front door. Right. You, you didn't question the guy that had the title at the front door. 
Now I got to work my ass off every day to earn their trust. I, I can't just because my name says head coach next to it. They're not going to come in there and say, I got to listen to this guy. I got to earn their trust every single day. And it's every single guy and I got to do it. And that's, that's part of the deal. And, and this is the, the place I've had to come to myself personally. I still work real hard at relationship building. I work real hard at trying to elevate their lives, trying to empower them as people, not put them in a cage and, 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 and make them basketball players. Um, and, and. Uh Oh, we lost them. Hopefully be right back with us. Um, yeah, Frank's just talking real shit, Jeremiah. You know, everybody. On Sorry about that. Oh, you're good. You're good. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. What I was saying is, when that moment comes where they come in and say, "Hey, man, I think I need to go," that used to bother me. That doesn't bother me anymore. I I understand that that young man is. I'm. I'm I've struggled connecting with him, so I got to be at peace that he's trying to find something else. And uh, and and you know, the biggest phallus that we never tell young people anymore. I still tell them every day is the big, the easiest thing to be in life is replaced. There's a hell of a lot more of us than there are opportunities. And if we don't do our part, we get replaced in a heartbeat, whether we're 17 years old, whether we're five stars, whether, whether we got gelled back, black jet curly hair, or we got a bald head. It doesn't matter. Uh, whether you're the head coach, the assistant coach, or the manager on the team. Uh, when we don't do our jobs uh, and we don't connect with the people that we're working with and sacrifice for them, we get replaced. And uh, so I, that's, uh, that's, that's the biggest adjustment I've had to make. Now, I do have to interject on this because I grew up in a very dominant college basketball home. My dad played college basketball. I grew up watching you coach at K-State. Um, I'm from Kansas. I'm a KU fan, but uh, with college basketball, that's how I grew up. Um, now, there's nobody that can replace you as far as with coaching because I grew up having you as one of my top five all-time greatest college basketball coaches because of your passion because you could see it while you were coaching during a game. I, I mean, I'm not going to lie when you can, went to South Carolina and I I'm Tennessee Homer also, it, I hated when we played you. Cause I'm like, Oh, he's one of my favorite coaches and I want them to lose and I want us to win. <laughs> but here we are with Frank Martin. And I mean, it's, you are irreplaceable and the things that you just said are so valuable to all of these young men, I, I'm a mom, I have two young boys. So if they could have somebody like that, coach them into these values in life to apply them and not give up on them and, you know, en enrich their futures. That's amazing. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I appreciate everything you just said. <laughs> and, uh, I won't hold the fact that you're a Jayhawk against you, by the way, <laughs> I won't do that. It's, uh, <laughs> Uh, no, it's, uh, it's one of the great, by the way, uh, what the whole deal of Kansas, what they do there, uh, that basketball experience, uh, um, um, it, it's, it's an unbelievable environment. It's, uh, it's the only building in America where you cannot call a timeout if you're the opposing coach, cause it's a waste of time. 
it's a complete <laughs> waste of time. It's uh, uh, but I, 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 uh, your words, uh, I, I get embarrassed, uh, listening to your words. I'm not, I'm not real good with, uh, uh, those kind of compliments, but at the same time, uh, the things that you express is what drives me every day. Um, it's, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't do my job to appease people right. uh, that find that, that I don't do my job to appease people. I don't know. I do my job to, to, to help the people that believe in me, whether it's those young people that play for me, whether it's my boss who gives me an opportunity whether it's my family who deals with the life of a coach, which is not an easy <laughs> one. Um, my, my, my job is to empower all of them, to try and lift their lives up. And um, uh, one of the hardest things I've ever been through personally is when I got fired to South Carolina. It, people think because you make a lot of money, it, it cures your, your, your spirit and, and, and it protects who you are. When, when you get fired, there's a whole lot of people's lives that are getting ready to change. Yes. And it's people that I'm responsible for. I get out of bed every day and I'm responsible for everyone on my staff, every player on my team. Uh, I have to do my job as the leader in that office. Uh, I have a burden and a responsibility that I embrace, uh, that I have to do everything I can and make every decision the right way, because any mistake I make is going to hurt someone's life. Uh, whether it, 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 because we live in a world that we're judged by winning and losing games. Let's be honest. Like we're graduating players in college basketball higher than any sport in the country at a higher rate than the average student on a college campus. No one ever talks about that. They talk right. about the fact that we're taking advantage of people to make more money as coaches. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, um, it, it's, we live in a world that, that, that we, we, uh, I don't know what the, we're not going to get credit for doing the right things. We're going to get credit for just winning games. Yes. And, and, um, uh, and it's, it's, you fight that as a coach because you're, you're trying, I, I'll say this eventually, Hey, hey JB, you'll like this one, brother. I, you know, as a head coach, your players are pissed at you. Your family's pissed at you. Their parents are pissed at you. Your boss is pissed at you. Your alums are pissed at you. Your assistants are, everyone's pissed at you. When I was a bartender, everybody loved me. I, never, <laughs> I nobody, nobody was ever mad at me. I mean, it's, it, you know, but, uh, and we, we, but as coaches, we live in a world where, where we know we choose this environment. It goes back to the Godfather, you know, when when the old man tells uh, Al Pacino, "This is the life we've chosen." Um, you know, it's we we chose a life, so we can't run away from um, uh, the difficulties of the profession. Uh, but we we no one really cares that we're uplifting the lives of most. They only care about how many wins we've got. And as a coach, if you want to keep your job, uh, right. you want to win games because I life's more complicated making the money I make now, but, uh, I can resolve some problems with this salary rather than the $32,000 I made as a school teacher. And the, I, I, I tell our players all the time, Mike, my, my highest coaching salary in high school was $1,760. That's my highest coaching salary in high school. Um, you know, in, uh, but 
but I can't change who I am to my core. Because at the end of the day, I got to put my head on a pillow as a man and sleep. And if all I worry about is wins and losses, uh, then it goes against everything that my family raised me to be. And, and if I'm going to sleep at night, I got to be at peace and I'm representing my family's name and I'm doing my job right by the people around me. Coach, I'm going to tell you, this is a spitting image of shit that I say every day. I don't go to sleep because we want a Juco natty or, or, or I got mm -hmm. things or coach of the year. I go to sleep at night knowing those kids went D1, graduated, got a four-year mm -hmm. degree and aren't in jail or dead. That's what we and the administrators, the the media, none of them understand it because they don't get it, coach. They don't understand me and you and your staff, my staff, whatever, are 24. We're open 24 7, 365. And these counselors, these administrators, these naysayers, they only answer the phone from eight to five. If that, if that, <laughs> and, and we're the ones taking the call from the girl that got pregnant, from the guy that got into DUI. We got the kid that robbed McDonald's. We're dealing with everything and we're never closed. And these people don't understand that, but yet we do make the money or coaches at your level do, but also it's a results oriented business and profession and you win or lose. The last time I checked, we checked the scoreboard and the last time I checked, it's about what have you done for me lately? And nobody cares about nothing else. Oh, yeah. And that's the unfortunate thing. You said something some years ago that stuck out to me uh, when I was when I was coaching. And you said that the players and the kids have not changed. And I am 1,000% believer in the same thing. I've been thrown under the bus by kids because I knew going in, I never trust a kid. That's just what it is. I never trust you. But I still am working for you and helping you move on. That's just a profession. We're sacrificial lambs in that regard. But I, I want to say, you said the kids have not changed. The parents have. And yeah. I agree 1,000% of that. I have completely been saying that forever. We either coach it or allow it, as you know. We either you finish through the line, coach, or you start before the line. And if you don't do it and we allow it, we just screwed you for life. And we either bring you back and start you over and hear you suck your teeth, and then we correct you sucking your teeth and tell you quit sucking <laughs> your teeth, or we allow you to suck your teeth and go lazier on the next rep. And parents are failing these kids at an all-time high, and coaches at the, at the youth and the high school level are, are failing at an all-time high because, in my opinion, the transfer portal is making coaches bow down and suck their teeth kiss these kids butts and say listen don't leave don't transfer and then at the end of the day you allow these kids not to go to class on time miss practice and still start the kid and you just lost integrity you lost everything you started in the locker room and and that is what's happening at the home front that's what's happening in the co at the coaching level and then you get a kid and have to kind of rebuild them and try to get through to them and then he's like no i've been having it this way i'm transferring now because coach martin yelled at me it, it, do you find it harder than ever to try to build a relationship that we once thought was pretty self-explanatory and real recognizes real and genuine understands we understand who's genuine or not? Because I'm finding out now, Coach, we can tell them and be the same person, but they're still transferring because they're so, so soft. Is that something that's just harder than ever to coach? 
And it, it's it, the end of the day, JB. We 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 need allies. And and when the other adults in their lives are telling the kid that we're screwing them, um, it, it's it's complicated. It's uh, uh, it's always it's the hardest thing to do. And you, you used the word trust earlier. The hardest thing to do is earn somebody's trust. Man, that thing's hard. Mm-hmm. And all you got to do is like, like I, as a kid, man, my, they used to tell me the sky's green. I had no way of finding out that it wasn't green. Even if it looked blue to me, I had no way of finding it. Now, it, all I got to do is say one thing. And those kids go to the internet to double check everything I say. And all it takes is for me to say one thing that's not perfectly clear. And now it creates doubt in their minds. And then every adult around them, if I try to hold the kid accountable, is telling him I'm screwing him out of his opportunity to make money. And um, what, 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 what I'm trying to do is make them understand how hard it is to become a man. And eventually, and I tell these kids when they show up as freshmen, eventually, I don't have to go through this. They do. They're going to have to walk into a locker room at the age of 22 and try and take a grown man's job away from them. That's not my journey. I'm not going to be in that moment. And if you don't have strength, character, if you don't bring something to the table, because the other grown men in that in that pro locker room, wherever it's at, they don't care you were a high school All-American. They don't care that you won championships or, or had stars. They want to know, what are you going to do to help this team win? Because if we win, we all get paid more money. They want to know, what are you going to do? And then they're going to challenge you to see if you're about the right things and if your character and your manhood is the right way. To, to be able to come in this locker room and 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 be a part of what we're trying to do. And if you get past all those obstacles, then there's that guy that's 34 years old that he needs that job to pay his bills. He ain't giving you his job, man. He 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 going to outplay you. And if he can't outplay, you're going to try to take you out to make sure you don't take his job. And 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 that's not e- that's not an easy moment to be in. And and so it's when the adults around them are telling them that we're screwing them and what we're trying to do is prepare them for that moment that's coming. Um, uh, it's complicated. And as all of us on this call know, it, it's everybody gets a job. The secret is not getting a job. The secret is being able to keep your job and to keep your job. We, we, we better be prepared that coach Huggins, he's got this, this saying, he says it, all the time. He always looks at me and goes, Hey, Frank, I answer the bell. If you want to keep your job, man, you better answer the bell. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't care what you do. You better answer the bell. And, and if you're going to walk around with hurt feelings all the time, you're not going to answer the bell. And, um, you know, and, uh, so I don't know. I don't know if I answered your, 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 your statement or, or, yeah. but it's, uh, we need allies, man. And right now, as adults, we all fight each other because we're 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 in a. It used to be, we used to be into finding solutions. Now, as adults, we all run around trying to figure out who to blame. And when you're 17 years old and no one's helping you figure out solutions, you're just trying to figure out who to blame. Uh, you end up leaving, uh, living a lonely, difficult life. And that's kind of the, uh, 
the environment that we've created in this generation is let's not fight to find solutions. Let's figure out who we can blame for failure. And, um, and you know, I don't know. It's complicated right now. We just got to, we got to keep fighting the fight, man. I, I, I'm a true believer. It, uh, I, I tell my players all the time, I don't care how hard things get. Don't let go of that rope, man. We need each other to, to make it to the finish line. And, and as adults that are going through a moment in our society right now, involved all this coaching, teaching, all this stuff, we got to, those of us that believe in the values that, that we believe in, we got to hold on to that rope and, and, and we can't let go. Cause if we let go, then we can't sit around and complain. <laughs> we we're, we're going to join the party. And, uh, uh no so I'm gonna hang on to this thing as hard and for as long as I can. No, no doubt. Uh, only, you know, only lead, leaders create more leaders, not more followers, man. And that's what you've done forever. So I, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're forever held in high regard with me. Um, plus we know a lot of the same people, so I can't wait to, uh, hang out. I got a kid that's a, that's a part of the show. He, uh, he was at one of your camps. You recruited him years ago and he's in, uh, he's in South Florida. He wanted to ask you a question, um, he was at one of your camps years ago, and he he never he never forgets that you were yelling at a, a a camp of recruits, basically. And and I told him, I said, you know what, this is what I do because if you yell at a kid before he plays for you, at least when you get him, he knows what he's getting into, and that is what is the real part of this thing. So why don't <clears throat> come on in? I want you to. I know you. Uh, I know Coach may not remember you, but you uh, you were at a camp. What what what's your question? First of all, JB, thank you. First and foremost, Coach Martin, I appreciate any time I can be in your presence, hear all the gems and knowledge that you get. Thank you so much for being you and what you've done. Let's get one thing about my dog, JB. The story's a little off. You definitely did never recruited me. I was at a camp one time, definitely heard you, Coach. But regardless, thank you so much. I do have a question. When you're coaching a player that you see the greatness in him before he sees it in himself. What do you do to get the self-confidence out of a kid that that's all they need? Uh, you, you, uh, it's hard for me. It, players have to believe in themselves first. And I, I can't worry. I tell players all the time, if I had a magic wand to make them pros, every one of my guys would be a pro. It's, there is no magic wand. Uh, there's got to be this, this, they, they got to have belief that they can do things. And then my job is to build them up and I build them up by challenging them, by surrounding them by the right people and then never giving up. Like the easy thing to do is throw a player out there. And when he fails, tell like, he, I'm going to let's, let's just cut through the BS here. All right. I yell, stop my foot and all that stuff, but I build people up, man. Some of the worst things I've ever heard coaches say, they say it in a voice that's about that big. Nobody else but that individual hears. And, and you know, my whole thing is I, I wouldn't have lasted in this business for 38 years if I'm into cutting people down. I, last thing I checked, yelling is not cutting people down. Uh, and and uh, so my whole thing is I got to show those players that I got their backs. So when you talk about player like that, uh, that's that has some kind of self-doubt. Uh, I've got to keep throwing them into the fire and making sure that they know that I believe in them, hoping that eventually they start believing in themselves. And once they get a little confidence 
they start growing. I, I heard this guy, I was driving into work. I was struggling with my team. Uh, I don't know, three, four years ago, I was still in South Carolina. I was driving into work and I have no idea. This guy came on the radio. I, things happened to, for, happened to me to open up my eyes that are like incredible sometimes. And, and I'm this guy, I don't even know who he was. He was just talking and I happened, it was on a Sunday morning. We had just lost a game on Saturday and I, I couldn't figure out a way to help this guy. And, and it was like a local sports talk radio uh, station that instead of the sports talk, it was like some guy that, that on Sunday mornings talks about flowers and trees and all that. So I was just driving. I wasn't even listening, but this guy's voice caught my, my ear. How about this one? The guy said, he said, Hey, he said, you can't force a flower to bloom faster or bigger than it was destined to be. All you can do is keep watering that flower and allow it to grow at, at its pace into the size that it was destined to be. I had nothing to do with players. And I listened to that. I was like, holy cow. So I got to practice and I, I grabbed this one guy that I, that was really, really talented kid that was just struggling. And I told him, I said, Hey man, it's going to be all right. You know why? Cause I'm not quitting on you. I'm going to keep feeding you information and I'm going to keep throwing you out to the fire. And I refuse to allow you to fail. I'm going to pick you up every single time because one day, you're going to become as great as you're destined to be. And, 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 you know, he never became a pro, but that guy's pretty successful right now. And, and at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. I appreciate that coach. So much knowledge. Thank you no so doubt. much. All right, Wido. Yep. Uh, My man. Appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. Coach, man, you've been on, you've been gracious as hell, man. I, uh, I know you got to go in there and get those kids locked down to go be a, a minute man, man. Uh, you know, it was it was crazy, you know. What what's your expectations, man? I know I know we as coaches always have the highest expectation. What how's recruiting going, man? Without giving away any hidden gems or anything, what uh when do you guys start to get after it and everything? When's your roster solidified? Um, I know you got to be getting close because I know you guys start up pretty dang soon. It's a year round job, as everyone not everyone knows as far as recruiting everything, but um. How, how you're optimistic right now is UMass gonna are they are they all behind you and giving you the autonomy to, to build a place like you know how to do yeah I, I'm I'm ecstatic man by the way I'm, I'm I grew up playing your sport and uh uh you know there's nothing better in September than watching dudes <laughs> smash each other uh but you know but eventually I gotta get into basketball mode here and uh um no I'm I'm ecstatic I I spent the last 18 years of my coaching career chasing Kansas and Kentucky. Those are the two schools that I've been chasing for the last 18 years. And I've been fortunate. I've been on teams that beat both of those teams. I've been on teams that went to an elite eight. Another team went to a final four. Mm-hmm. I, I did not, when, when, when the days of South Carolina came to an end, I did not want to coach at a school just to say, I still coach. I, I, You muted out on us. We can't hear you. No. Uh, you muted on us. Can you hear me? You might have muted out. He'll call back. Um, he's been on for quite a while with this man, an hour. So I appreciate him doing this. He's out in the parking lot of a high school that he has to be <laughs> a big time player. So he's, 
he, hey, I've been there, done that. I know how it is, and I don't want to hold him up anymore. Um, so, you know, I appreciate him coming on. Um, if he calls back, he calls back. If not, I'll text him later on. Thanking him. Um, great, 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 great coach, uh, great human being, and he is what the kids need. I'm so glad that the administration um, allows him to still continue to coach. Guys like that, you know what I mean? Because they ain't not going to let yeah. me they're not going to let me coach. But once you're in the fraternity, Sarah, you are in the fraternity. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. he is in the fraternity. So that's what there's very, very far and few between guys that are in the fraternity. Um, and I'm, I'm glad they allowed him back in it. And that's the great thing. That's the great thing. So, you know, uh, it was great to see him. Great to see him. Nick Stedman. I don't know you. Uh, I don't know who <laughs> you are. I really don't. Um, how old are you? You how old are you, Nick Stedman? I'm curious to know how old you are. Um, I put him in timeout. <laughs> oh, good. Um, I used my mommy skills. Yeah, I've been watching him talk, and it's just unbelievable the disrespect that some of these Correct. kids have for certain figures. Um, see, I I would choke fuck a dude like him in person because he's just he's a epitome of a bitch made human and. Um, you know, it, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Mm. um, that's just what I do. I mean, the shit he was saying was pure, just dick riding haterism. And that's all it was. Um, uh, yeah, they don't, I mean, Frank Martin is one of my top five. He, they don't make coaches like that anymore. (laughs) They, it's not, it's a rare, he's a rare gem. Um, yeah, um, he is, he's, a. he is man. And I, I just, I, I love it. You know, I love it. Um, don't say you love him now, motherfucker. Don't come out and say you love him now. That's why you're a bitch, homie. That's why you bitch made motherfuckers exist out here. Nick Stedman. You motherfuckers all want to come out now after you've been called out and talk about how you love them. If you loved a motherfucker, you wouldn't talk so much fucking shit like a bitch behind a keyboard that you are. So shut the fuck up, you bitch-made motherfucker. You don't got no respect. That's why these kids run over these motherfuckers every day because your bitch-made ass is probably someone's daddy. And that's why you're fucking soft, and that's why your kids are bitch-made motherfuckers. Because a bitch made cats like you, you disrespectful fucking cunt. You fucking cowardly bitch. You need to take your bitch ass. You're lucky I don't see your bitch ass somewhere in the street, motherfucker. That's the problem. These bitch made motherfuckers out here are the reason why we have transfer portal kids leaving at an all time fucking high. And don't, don't get it twisted. It's these bitch made motherfuckers that do it like this behind a keyboard. You're lucky I didn't go off on your bitch ass while he was on the fucking phone. But I had a fucking respect for the motherfucker. That's you. I wish these motherfuckers would would come over to our side and please live one hour in our shoe. He's sitting there telling people how to recruit, how he shouldn't do his job, and how he should do his job as he works at Donut fucking Central. That is what kills me. That's the fucking shit that kills me. And it's unbelievable. This is the majority of the world, by the way. This is the majority of the fucking world, by the way. And now he'll DM me on something and tell me how fucking sorry he is. 
but he's a fucking cowardly cunt. And that's what he is. And that's the problem with it. You have these people that come on these shows, these big time people like people don't understand. And they take their time out just alone right there. You should have some type of respect if you're also a member of the show. This motherfucker was a member, you fucking bitch. I don't give a fuck if you're a member or if you're not a member. You're going to be called out because you're a bitch. And that's just is what it is, Sarah. I don't know. We've been on the show three hours, Sarah. It's been a fucking great one. Frank <laughs> Martin is as real as it gets. I'll be hanging out with him next week, having a few drinks. We'll be talking about, you know, everything. And uh, me and Frank talk about a lot more real shit than we, do, <laughs> uh, than we do on the show, obviously. He has to be very, very uh, tightly knitted because of his profession and the cancel culture that we live in. You know what I mean? So we live in a cancel culture type of deal. So it is what it is. You know, it, it, it's sorry, but, you know. Um, no, I don't. I could take you talking smack, Derek Jones, but I, I'd rather have you talk smack if you're a, a member. See, you're just another bitch-made troll. So you're a troll that sucks my dick in public, and then afterwards you talk shit. That's the fucking guy you are, Derek Jones, you fucking bitch-made motherfucker. So shut the fuck up. I am. We're ending the audio side. I appreciate everybody coming in. <laughs> Peter Groff, shout out to you. If you don't know who Peter Groff is, he is a verified journalist. Go check him out on Twitter. He is in the show. He's watched the show the entire time, Peter. I apologize for having to go off on this bitch-made motherfucker, but it is what it is. Um, I appreciate you. We will be on the after hours and the after party right here as we upload the audio. Uh, I appreciate Sarah staying with us the entire time because Frank had to come on later on in the show. But I thought we had a great show. Uh, we will be back. I will be back in the morning for the morning wake-up show. And then uh, – we will be getting after it there. We'll be talking about some football and other things. Mac McChesney joins me and Sarah tomorrow in the afternoon for the Coach JB show. As we know how you get, we get real with him. And uh, we'll be discussing that. We'll take some calls here for about five minutes as I upload the audio. And then I'll get Sarah out of here to handle mommy duties and go uh, tell Matt how shitty Tennessee is. We'll see you tomorrow. Hang tight. Go balls. I'm a chameleon, they call me, man. Yeah. I can go in and walk into any any type of uh, any home, any background, walk down any street in, in the country, in my opinion. And I think that real recognizes real. It's a new, new venture that we have. The Coach JV Show uh, with the fabulous Sarah Blake. I am ready to do some content. Give it to you straight, no chaser. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're going to get out after hours and after party. If you guys want to call in, call in. If you're a member, I wish the bitch made cat was in here that he, I wish he would call in. Um, Johnny Cochran's in, in the chat, by the way, he's a, a he, so what's his name that I blocked. He came and made it, made an account called Johnny Cochran. So he's talking about cancel culture and I ban people in the chat. Please explain to Johnny Cochran that he don't understand the difference between fucking cancel culture and being a bitch. <laughs> My God. Like, yeah, this is yeah. ridiculous. People are ridiculous. Oh, no. They're, they're fucking sad, Sarah. They are sad. They are sad. And that's what it is. The, the, the chat is, uh, the link is in the chat. Um, these people are so fucking bottom. They're bottom feeders. They are legitimate bottom feeders. And uh, 
This is why I said Mike Evans should be allowed to punch a motherfucker because and not be punished for it because people like this clearly run their mouth without consequence. Well, I mean, that's where we at right now. We allow this shit. There would be less bullying. Hey, it's fucking it's it's at an all time high. I'm just telling you, people can say whatever they want, like Mike Tyson said, because they don't get hit in the fucking mouth no more. Everybody hides behind the fucking mic. And that is what the fucking problem is. And it's just, it's unbelievable. That is where we are in society. And that is why, Sarah, I'm so hung up and hard on. I have a hard on for the fact that, um, that's why I'm so hard and against all this fucking transfer portal shit. That's just me, but you know. What the fuck is going on here? I hate technology, Sarah. <laughs> um, I hate technology. Um, let's see. Hmm. Yeah, Sarah, they can say whatever they want. What the fuck's going on? Why is this not uploading? Oh, man. Um, anyway, um, you guys want to call in? Give a shout. Um, oh, I don't know, TJ. My bad. I didn't know who he was. I thought it was a, a bot or whatever. Can you unblock him? If you know who he is, unblock him. I don't know who they are. If they're not members, dog, I'm fucking ready to block all these motherfuckers. Um, Jay, what up? Don't be no weirdo fucking creep like you look like right now, motherfucker. Tell, talk to Sarah and be polite. What's up? Hey, what's up, everybody? I literally, I just woke up from a nap, but I've been listening to the show the whole time. You better. It's the best part of my day. Uh, what up? And I much gotta gotta go to work again tonight, but that ain't till eleven, so I got a few hours. Oh really? Yeah. What the fuck's going on? What's up, man? You got a question? Sarah. You hear me? Fuck. God damn. If you're not fucking smart enough to call and ask a question, then don't fucking call in. It's fucking unbelievable. What is wrong with my audio? It did not record or what? Don't tell me this, Sarah. Oh, no. Uh, what's the date today? The 20th. Hmm. I don't know what happened to my fucking thing. I'm having technical difficulties. Um, I don't know where my audio is. Anyway, um, I don't know how to do any of that, Dalton. We got a guy that knows how to do that shit, so we're going to get after it sooner than later. Um, what up, Josh? What's up, Boos? Sarah, how Show. you doing? Hello. Okay, so I want to clarify for yesterday. Um, I know I said that take was soft. That was me. I'll admit it. Um, 
So I, I just kind of want to hear your take again as far as the, the individual that you were talking about entering the transfer portal or that coach that you believe didn't give him a fair shake. Um, Hendon Hooker was playing at Virginia Tech. Um, I know that I, I can't give you the 100% factual, like I don't know everything that happened. Short, simple, and sweet. He uh, went, like I, I think it was, he entered the transfer portal after gradu graduating, I want to say, um, because he had two life-threatening injuries that would have ended his career um, as far as what happened at Virginia Tech. There's a whole story there and, and whatnot. But anyway, so he came to Tennessee, um, and since becoming a starter, he has you know the stats that I said the forty four touchdowns seven um, was it forty four touchdowns three interceptions I think it was um, but Hendon Hooker is a phenomenal human being as far as our program a definitely amazing kid to look up to he wrote a book with his brother uh, influencing athletes with scripture. Um, just to get them through tough times, give them hope. It says it all in that book. So his exact words when asked why he wanted to transfer what, or why he was transferring, it was because he wanted to play for somebody, play for somewhere where he was needed and loved um, as far as his ability. And he's thrived at Tennessee. There's been no issues. There was no issues at Virginia Tech. It was definitely something that happened. He benefited from the transfer portal and now is in mention where he wouldn't have been in mention to even have a candidacy for Heisman. So, I mean, his stats are phenomenal and that wouldn't have happened for him if he would have stayed at Virginia Tech. And, and what uh, class is this guy? He's a senior this year. Oh, he's a senior. Okay. Yep. So I'll take that back as far as what I said. Um, I, I, I thought the kid that you were talking about was like a freshman, uh, kind of got hurt and stuff. I, you know, I missed a little bit yeah, of it. Yeah. Um, so I apologize on that part. Um, but as far as like the LSU kid and things like that, those are the kind of guys that, you know. Right. And I'm not fighting for those guys. I they, want you guys to know that. Like, I'm not fighting for them. Yeah. And, you know, I know if coach, coaches men, mentioned this uh, in the past, and I just, you know, these guys are so worried about nowadays about getting the bag and, you know, their performance is, you know, secondary as opposed to it being the other way around when these guys should be focusing on their play and their coach. I mean, shit, my, I mean, all the way up to my senior year in college, these guys, you know, my, my DC motherfucked me and I felt like he hated me. And at the end of the day, all he wanted was, was best for me and so i get what you're saying um so i don't really have a question or anything like that i just wanted to say like i said i apologize wanted to get the truth of the story i didn't want you to see my name pop up and think that i was a fucking asshole every single time no, definitely not and start fucking tossing tables and shit so i appreciate that thank yeah. you so all right it was jb all right brother i'll talk to you appreciate it yep gone um jeremiah john what up I'm wearing the electric car uh -huh. shirt. I got the electric car D's nut shirt on, coach. Oh shit. That's hey, what I'm talking about. Hey, two things. Two things before I ask Sarah a question. I got bone here. Bone, bone, <laughs> bone. 
Hey, uh, one, I'm so happy that Roy Williams took those dogs. Uh, that was a beautiful thing. Uh, I really wanted to say that. It really made my day seeing that. And I know, I know that's a big relief off your chest uh, that those dogs are in a really good home. Uh, I know that was weighing heavy on your heart. Uh, two, uh, for a man who didn't want to do a show that does good interviews, you're doing one. So you just uh, better accept it and just keep doing it, man. It's good. Frank Martin was brilliant. Okay. I got my question for Sarah and then I'll get out. And let this guy have his, have his date. Sarah, I didn't hear if I miss it. I'm so sorry. What's the final score. And can we get you to sing Rocky top? Oh my God. I am not going to sing Rocky okay. top. Maybe. Okay. Good. If we win, I will sing Rocky top. Yeah. Okay. That'd be good. You could do it on right. um, like Insta or something or Twitter. <laughs> Just be like, do it with your family or something. But uh, what's the final score? For oh, I don't know. I have to think it's about this one. Oh, this is so hard for me because I usually go into my rhythm. Um, I don't know. I do think Florida will cover. Um, but I, you, I'll give you the final score on Thursday. Give me time to think about it. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I'll tune in <laughs> Thursday. I'll ask. Hey, and do me a favor, Sarah. I've asked a couple times and I don't I don't like being one of those Eddie Mayweathers in the chat and ask fucking 9,000 times, but, or Brian Martinez. Sorry, Brian. Um, I like you way better than Eddie Mayweather. Though. Eddie Mayweather, you should go get help because you're fucking insane. Uh, uh, when when are the cigars coming? Because he said last Friday and I, I didn't want I didn't to. When are the cigars coming? Okay, David. I'm out. They're out. They're out. They're just waiting. For, we're just waiting to figure out the distribution plan. So they're here. Um, we're going to find out what, where we can ship them. And then uh, if you're in California, we'll have them in a few lounges. If not, we'll be online throughout the nation. So that'll be it. Um, what up, John? Yo, man. So I, I watched the, uh, the Whitlock, uh, your interview. It seems like, what's up with him now? I, I feel like the last time you were chatting with him, he was like, asking if you were an alcoholic and like ripping on you. And now he's like your biggest fan. And like, it's the funniest thing. So how is that? Are you going to like be on a show more? Or? So, yeah. So I'm going to be on, uh, we made a deal. Uh, I'm on there every Monday now. So nice. I'll be on there every Monday throughout the season. Um, so about 15, 16 weeks, I'll be on the show. And then uh, we'll see what happens after. But we've talked ever we've talked and stuff. We actually share a lot of the same views. I just at the time, Marcellus was the reason I went on the show, and we grew up together. And uh, you know, at that time, that's the main reason I went on the show. So I didn't know nothing about uh, Jason and all that shit. So that's kind of what it was. And then it was some years we actually were at a couple events together, and I'm sitting there looking at like, is this guy just for clicks or what's the deal with them? His and, show was uh, great, and he seems he's a huge fan now. But like, I, I feel like the first time you went on, it was like ESPN or something. He was like, you know, trying to like call you out or something. I don't know, but yeah, it, 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 it was on Fox. Oh, on Fox, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was on Fox Sports. It was on Speak for Yourself. Yeah, yeah. Speak for Yourself. Yeah, and, and another thing, all my buddies now that you know, they, I think they've seen you on Twitter, and I think Barstool like put some stuff on. Have you thought of like? going on Barstool or doing something, you know, like Pat McAfee started their huge platform. I don't know what they could pay you or whatever, but, you know, if you do that or is that not not what you're looking at? Yeah, I don't know. I've talked to him actually recently, so it's been a kind of a little bit of discussion. But 
Caleb Presley, me and him are pretty close. We talk a lot. Um, he's, probably he's go hilarious. On, I'll probably be on his show, and he'll be on mine. He's going to come on here. Uh, and uh, and some other folks in that realm. Um, you know, him and Will Compton are pushing hard for me, this Nebraska gig bullshit. But, um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It depends. It depends on what it is. Like, if not, I'll just do my own thing. But if they can pay and they do something, they want to blow this up and I can keep the channel, then yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, they, they got a shit ton of money, right? And um, that's what and they say. Sarah, again, we got to get Ainge on. You got to see if he can get Eric on. I actually just talked to him. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so Sarah, man. That. All right. That'd be good. All right, guys. Well, thank you. Appreciate it, man. All right, John. Appreciate you. All right. What take up, care. John? What's up, coach? Hey, Sarah. Hey, Hello. Man. I think I lost, uh, but anyway, I lost. Audio. I got a question for you, Coach. So, K State had three fourth and ones slash less than a yard to go on Saturday against Tulane. Each time they went into the pistol formation, and they should have been under the center, just doing a regular quarterback sneak. Am I wrong on that? No, but everybody's in the gun now. They don't practice underneath center. So it's like, I just think we're, we're making this thing. We're continuing to make this thing. Um, it's like they're trying to be too cute, trying to overthink it. And just, you know, you move your, you move your all conference left tackle from Piper into guard, left guard, just you got your quarterbacks like six, two, two and a quarter, just run behind his ass and get the first down. It's easy, I would think. I, I, don't, I don't know. That's what we do now. That's the, that's the deal now. They practice it, so they're not going to get underneath center. That's why I would change it and practice underneath fucking center. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, it's funny because the irony is Colin Klein used to do quarterback sneaks all the time. When he was QB 10 years ago, he was 6'5", but still. And now they just want to be stubborn, stay in the pistol, and it's like, and you guys, really, they really screwed themselves on a couple series because they were inside two lanes 50 and two lanes shut them down and it's basically like a turnover. Yeah, it's bad. I don't know. It's uh, I don't know, man. Willie's not going to make mistakes as a coach. His team's going to be pretty fucking sound across the board and that's what got him to win, in my opinion. When when you do some things and, 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 and you want to be cute, you're going to lose to a Willie Fritz coach team and that's what that's what he does well, and he's, that's why he's one of the top winningest coaches of all time. Um, yes, and I like when I first called you back in June, we talked yeah. about Willie Fritz. So I've known about this guy since 1990, what he did down to Cockerville. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, I tried to warn people all last week, and oh, it's too late, blah, blah, blah. You know, 14 point spread. Bullshit. Bullshit. This guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, especially nowadays in the watered-down deal. I just think that's – You know, I was thinking, so there's like, what, 128 to 130 FBS schools, right? And there was nine quarterbacks drafted in April, and then there was three that signed free agent deals. So one of those nine that got drafted, because all all nine made their team, one of those nine was K-State's quarterback in the last three and a half years, Skylar Thompson. He made the Dolphins as a seventh round. Yeah. You know, so my point is, 
when they beat Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley in 2019 and 20 under Chris Kleeman, Skyler was the quarterback. And now that he's gone, it's just like, you know, maybe Skyler was a lot better than people realize, even though I would hear fans, you know, say shit about him. Right. And it's just like, wait a second. Of all the 130 FBS schools, only like five to six percent made the NFL. And they just think that because Adrian is transferring, oh, it's going to be plug and play, instantaneous success because he's a four-year starter in Nebraska. It doesn't work that way, man, especially when the guy didn't practice all offseason. He didn't start practice until August. He didn't participate in spring ball. He was recovering from an injury. Plus, we're breaking a new OC. Yeah, yeah, there's always some shit like that. Um I haven't, right. seen, I haven't seen OJ going anywhere. Um, it's saying they're talking, but I haven't seen him go to the Bucks. Who said he's going to the Bucks? Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, apparently, um, Dalton Randall knows me. I don't know. I guess I'm. He knows I'm an alcoholic. Um, I love the Dick Riders that talk. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's crazy. But I think, I think K State. That kind of fucking threw a wrench in their deal. I thought they were going to go 5-0. and oh. um, You know how it is, man. That might just fucking de- deplete, that might de- deplete their uh, their high energy they had going on. And KU is just going to keep hey, so rolling. I, I was going to ask you. So you said last week you talked to somebody that said Nebraska wants to get back. Wants, they want to get back to, like, recruiting in California. Um, because – no, I, I didn't talk to nobody who told me that. I said I think that's what they should oh, okay. do. Yeah. Okay. I think that's what they should do. I don't think – no, I didn't talk to nobody that said they wanted to do that. Somebody asked me that on a on, on one of those Nebraska shows I went on. So I mean, let me read let me read you off some names. You're going to be familiar. Some of these guys are older than you or like around my age or a little bit younger than me, but Brendan Stye, Yorba Linda, California. Sheldon Jackson, Diamond Bar. Derek Brown, Anaheim Servite. Mike Petko, Anaheim Servite. Obviously, your friend Lawrence Phillips. Your player, Damian Stafford. Abdul Muhammad, you probably know him from Compton. Yep. I mean, he was a damn good player for Osborne. Yep. Steve Taylor, he's from up north in Fresno. He was a good quarterback back around when Aikman played at UCLA. Thunder Collins, East LA Junior College. You know, Ralph Brown, cornerback. Ralph Brown. Good, you know, yep. Michael Michael Booker from Oceanside. His brother played at Oceanside, too. Roy Hallou Jr. out of freaking Danville. I mean, they have lost total inroads, I believe, with California as a whole. I mean, back, no. you know, their old, their old DB coach, George Darlington, he was the center point. He was the guy that Got a lot of that stuff going, getting some of those top flight eye backs and quarterbacks and receivers and, you know, all kinds of players out of SoCal area. They don't have that anymore. And they haven't had that for a long time. Nah, no doubt about it. Um, I don't know. It, it's, it's, you, you lose California, you lose a lot of the, uh, because this is the thing these kids all talk to each other on social media. So 
if you get a California kid to tell people, let's go here, let's go there, let's go here, you start getting kids. And a lot of that shit's died out. Colorado, same way. Colorado, Nebraska, Oklahoma, they've lost. Oklahoma was doing okay here still with Lincoln, but now um, I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. But um, we'll see what happens. Sarah, you got to get out of here. Get out of here. I know it's, it's yeah. already Fuck, we've been on three hours. I didn't know that. Um, I'll see you tomorrow. We'll get, uh, we got Matt on tomorrow, and I'll see about Dan Orlowski and Clint Soner. I got to see about them when they're coming on. Okay. All right. Thanks. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, Clint, Clint, Clint Soner had to show down. He's coming on in. Frank Martin was a great one. Um, talk, we're talking right now, actually. His phone went out. Um, he's recruiting now, so – Appreciate him coming on, man, and uh, he's always good to talk to, obviously, um, even with all the fucking dick writers in the chat uh, that can't hold their fucking mouth. Um, it's funny. <laughs> Dal Dalton said, Coach, first step is admitting you have a problem. Your first step should be admitting you are a dick writer that knows nothing but assumption-making fucks. That's what you are, Dalton Randall. How do my balls taste? Like, holy fuck. Do you have a life? Do any of these people have life, Sean? I don't know. I don't know how you deal with it. I don't know how you deal with it. Twitter is amazing. Are um, they working jobs or do they have careers? That's my first question. They're all jobs. They work at McDonald's and then they're at then they're at fucking Instagram. Uh, and then they work at Burger King and then they're at fucking Trump Jack. Um, they don't have no fucking idea. They're horrible. They they don't know what a career is. Are you kidding me? Um Unbelievable. But, uh, man, I appreciate you, Sean. I'm going to get out of here, man. And, all uh, right, man. We'll talk soon. I appreciate, right, appreciate you. Man, I'm going to get out of here. I appreciate everybody. Hey, Wido, call in if you can. Call in if you can. And uh, Dalton Randall, eat a dick up like your mama did, bitch. <laughs> um, give me a shout, Wido. Um, call in. I appreciate everybody, man. I will see you tomorrow morning for the Wake Up Show. Hit the like button on the way out the door and uh, show some love. Appreciate Lucy, everybody. Appreciate you guys. Uh, I'll holler at you tomorrow. Peace.